uh, we got this ham on our front porch, uh-huh. and it was not refrigerated. So I called my dad and was like, "What's what's up? I mean, I, that's clearly it's not not okay for it not to be refrigerated." And he was like, "Well, is it like salted? In, is it crusted in salt?" And I said, "Yes, it is." He was like, "Oh, that's how they did it back in the old days, and then they would hang it like in a smokehouse." And wow, that is, that is so cool. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Somebody sent me a guitar. That's pretty awesome. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. I thought that was so nice. I was like, a whole guitar. A whole guitar. I can, I can imagine like a pack of strings or a tuner or something. Right. Oh, you guys have a lemon tree? That's an orange tree. Or Oh. That's the oranges. They're just small. You know what? Yeah, lemon trees wouldn't be that big. That is fucking awesome. We have a lemon tree and a lime tree, but they're in a pot. They're not, not nearly as impressive. Are you going to plant them in the backyard? Is that better? Oh, thanks for the water. Um, sure. Yeah. What? What'd I do? Just the GoPro so that Oh Oh I didn't realize I'm sorry. I was trying to give her knees some room. She was right up against the thing. I'm sorry. My knees don't need room. I know I felt bad though. Okay, well maybe I should leave since I totally screwed up your shot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I was trying to be helpful. <laughs> I'm not I'm, this is not my profession. I I'm not I'm sorry. Oh poor Leanne. I know. Okay, sorry. Um, so I, I don't know anything about you. Are you a comic? Oh, <laughs> I don't. I'm a, I'm a comedian. Yes. That's awesome. Well, I figured. Yeah. That's what? What? Well, I mean, I don't know. There are That's other okay. people that come to the podcast that aren't comics. I mean, we had a professional wrestler. I was assuming you were not that. Totally. No, not, no, I've never, I've never done wrestling professionally. How long have you been a comic? Um, I started in Boston like 12 years ago. Oh my God. Yeah. Were you four? You look so young. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. I have a key lime tree oh, and nice. a mango tree. How fun. So cool. Right. Yes. Do you guys, do you guys eat all the oranges from your orange tree? We eat a lot of, we couldn't possibly eat all of them. I usually pick a basket and leave it on my front porch and just text like the community, just come get some because we have so many. I mean, this tree. This house it was built in 39, and the tree was planted in 39. So it's a really established wow, old orange beautiful. tree. Beautiful. So, and there's so many oranges. I'm overwhelmed. Like, I'll spend a week picking oranges all, like, an hour a day for a week, and it looks like I've done nothing. But you know? it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And it's so nice to have free oranges. It, that is nice. I was actually thinking of bringing you guys a bag of oranges, and then something inside me told me not to. Smart. And it was your tree telling me. It was, yeah. Telepathy. Tree yeah. telepathy. Well, you've done right. an amazing job. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad I, I introduced you to the ham and screwed up the shot. Hopefully the, hopefully we're in the shot. Uh, <laughs> so there may, not, there may not be video on this podcast. I apologize, people. But Oh, man. What uh, happened? Leanne moved the camera. I think, it's, I think it's wide enough. The problem is I put it on a medium shot a while back. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I should just put it on a wide shot. Yeah, but I think I think it should be fine. Okay. It should be totally fine. Um, it's so good to finally like hang out with you. I've, I've I've watched you on so many things. I mean, I think no way. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh my god, I mean, you have the, probably one of the best opium gym appearances ever. Do you think so? Oh, no question. Yeah, I, that's for those of you that don't know. Uh, well, you've been on. You've been on two. You've been on two of the most epic opium gyms ever. What was the second one? Well, the first one's when you, you masturbated in 20 seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the first one. That was fucking amazing. I mean, literally, 
I was, I think I was listening live uh-huh. and I was, I don't know where I was driving to, but I was, I literally had to stop the car and I, cause I was like, I'm not paying attention to the road. I am just listening to this. No way. Well, it was fucking amazing. I mean, well, how, how quick was it? And because of that, I ended up watching uh, a documentary that made me howl laughing hysterically about a guy who has a hundred orgasms a day. What's the documentary? There's another, well, you're the one that I think said it. Oh, no. There's another documentary of a woman who has 50 orgasms a day. I'm almost certain I heard it from you. I'm almost certain. Because there's no way I would have figured it out. I didn't, I didn't name a documentary. I don't know. No, you said there was, there's people who have this. Persistent sexual arousal syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll just be like making a salad in the kitchen and she has to like hold on to the counter. No, where did you? Yeah. And she's there's coming. a documentary. There's a documentary about it, about this woman who has it, but the better one is this guy because this guy literally has full-blown nuts and, like, drops to his knees like, uh, uh, uh. Whoa. Oh, it's... That's debilitating. Oh, it's horrifically debilitating. Like, I can multitask. I can come and, you know, I could get my... How fast did you have an orgasm on OPN Gym? I don't know. It was, like, under 30 seconds. How does that pop? Is, you said you because your finger can move fast? Yeah, because I have this, like, vibration in my hands where yeah. I can I can, like, shake things really quickly like a turbo power really yeah like remember i was looking for, i asked them do you have two glasses yeah no i, and, yeah, I and they were like they're like we have plastic cups i was like no i need like a glass and they didn't nobody had a glass i don't around. think anyone understood what you were saying because I I, I I don't think i understood what you were saying okay i'll show you here right i have this glass of water yeah holy crap so i have this vibration just in my body that's insane. It's so it's like I have a vibrator in my hand. That's fucking. Let me move this hand. You have some room. Um, that's fucking insane. That was one of the most epic appearances. No way. I've, oh my god! I think I want to say, I tweeted you right after that. Yeah. I was like, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, but for okay, now I think obviously anyone that's gonna that would say that is obviously it's it's but it's it's sexy and cool and that, but. If for a comic's perspective, and I'm someone who always puts myself out there 100%, you were just putting yourself out there 100%. Totally. And that's what I liked about it. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be, like, so sexual with it. or It was, it just came up in conversation, you know? And I was like, yeah, I, have you ever had a masturbation race? And everybody was like, what is that? And yeah. I was like, what? What do you mean, what is that? Don't you ever, you know? Like, that's, like, the safest sex. Yeah. If you don't want to hook up with a guy, but you just like, are like... Hey, let's have a masturbation race just to see what level you're at. And if it's taking you half an hour to come, dude, this is not going anywhere. Oh, it's not, I, I think I could probably – I've been able to masturbate without getting fully hard. <laughs> That's great. Like, like I, there's – well, I think it's – I think <laughs> it's embarrassing now that I say that. But like, <laughs> but like there were times where I was like where your blood pressure is too high. You're in Brazil. You're trying to write the hangover boat. And you're like, maybe if I rub one out in the shower. And you're like, oh, this is gonna, not happening. And then you're like, oh, how did I manage that one? But yeah, it was it was great because you put yourself out there. And I was like, not, I mean, masturbation is one thing. But like for me, it's a lot of times I'll go in and do radio and someone will be like, hey, do you want to you do a shot? And I always think, I always think yeah, because that's what I would want. I, would, I don't want to watch someone come in tethered. You know, and like, and sober, tethered, and and just being like, well, guys, I've got two shows tonight, and I've got, oh, I'm working out, and uh, I'd like to go over to the Mac store and take a look at a new lap. Like, I want to see the fucking, I want to see the people that live taking big swings. 
Yeah. And that's it's, what I, yeah. Yeah, I guess it was exciting to hear. Getting yeah, because here. you know what? Like, people have asked me, like, was that real? I don't fake my laugh. People accuse me of faking my laugh. Oh, me too. And that pisses me off. Yeah. I'm like, no, why would I, why would I ever fake a laugh? And, uh, I think I know what you're talking about exclusively is when you go on Getting Dug With High. Yeah. I, because, first of all, I'm a big laugher. I'm a really big laugher. We're both big laughers. And I love laughing. I love la- There's no point in... And and I do believe these fucking chickens are coming in here. Um, <laughs> I do believe that there are cynics out there who don't live life happy. Right. They don't ever... They don't even make themselves come ever. Well, it's so funny. So they hear me and they they just accuse me of being fake. Yeah. It's, and, and it's not... And it's... One of those things where I just go, no, no, that's how I live my life. I live my life very happy. Like, I've, I make myself laugh. I made myself laugh today. I literally made myself laugh today just thinking of uh, of putting out – I want to put out a surprise. I want to do a solo podcast on Fridays to inspire people to have a great weekend and just – and do like – and do something real silly, like real, real silly for like – just like for five minutes and just do like a like a like like an inspirational Friday weekend podcast. And it's not even – it's not going to be an hour. How no, it would be five be? minutes, but ten minutes tops. Oh, that's it. And it's just me. And I, my, the first one I thought of was so silly that I was like – I started giggling. And then – and by the way, I was in therapy in the middle of it. My therapist was like, what are you laughing about? And I told him. And he goes, that's fucking so bizarre. I, I, I did it the other day. Uh, I could not stop laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. In therapy? No, in just – in. I was going to do a gig in <laughs> Sioux City. And we went to Buffalo Wild Wings for dinner, me and the – host the, the feature act so we dro- dropped in and i just saw all the pictures of the blazing wing challenge and i just thought how many times would it be inappropriate to do the blazing wing challenge like if you went on, on like a first i'm gonna giggle laughing thinking about it now but if you just went on a first date to buffalo wild wings and you were young you were 17 and you didn't know how dates worked and you but you were very confident and the guy goes uh, so what can i get you guys uh we'll both have diet cokes and we'll both be doing the blazing wing challenge <laughs> girl's like huh and he's like come on it's gonna be really fun (laughs) like i just i started giggling but there are people that don't live like that there are a lot of miserable people who hate the sound of laughter uh yeah you know uh yeah and so when they hear us laughing like or or i go to a restaurant and people just stare and people stare in a way to tell me to shut up yeah when i'm laughing like they just they're so miserable that they just want the noise to go away. And I don't think I don't think enough people respect and, I, and I'll speak for myself, but how privileged I feel to get to hang out with the actual funniest people in the world. I hang out on a nightly basis, on a daily basis. I am friends with not like questionably the fun literally the funniest human beings that live. Yeah. Like you can't argue that Bill Burr, Doug Stanhope Joe Rogan, Ari Shafir, Joey Diaz, Doug Benson, all, that Tom Segura, Christina Pajinski, that these aren't actually the funniest people in the They're the funniest people in the world. And they're my family. They're my friends. So, like, I get to fucking... That's why I laugh so much. That's awesome. Yeah. I go to a fucking podcast with Patton Oswald and Doug Benson and Jeff Tate, and I'm literally... All I did was laugh for one hour because Patton's making fun of me, but he is the funniest guy on the planet. So, like... So I I find those people that don't find laughter they're just like look at you weird when you when you laugh I go the fuck's wrong with you why can't you just slow down and enjoy the moment Yeah people can be such haters Yeah Do people hate your laugh oh, oh, Aggressively 
Oh my God, we have that in common. Yeah. Yeah. No, because I asked Nikki Carr and she said, no, people love my laugh. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought. Wait, who's Nikki Carr? She's a comedian. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She was no, on Last Comic. No, my uh, my laugh is, um, it sounds like I'm going, me, 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 me. Like, it, it, like when it gets yeah. very high pitched and I can't, I can't turn it off. Especially when I start getting to a place where I start thinking the thing I'm laughing about. Like if I overthink the thing I'm laughing about, it makes me laugh even harder and harder and harder. Have you ever laughed at like a funeral or? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've laughed. I've laughed at, I laughed at my the grandmother's seri- funeral. the serious part of a wedding? Uh, at Dimitri Martin's wedding, uh, we, I was with a guy named David J. Nash and a guy named Lenny Marcus. Uh, oh my God. I know Lenny. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, they're both Jews. And so they're making fun of the Catholic service and cause Dimitri is Catholic and he was, they were like, fucking how much standing do you do in this thing? And I go a lot. And they're like, I know it's like, we're standing and sitting the whole time. And they're just like trying to write a joke about it. Both of them, two Jewish guys at a Catholic wedding. This is like a goddamn workout. And I go, yeah. And then I did this. I did a fake stand and they both stood up <laughs> and, I, and I was howling, fucking laughing at very inappropriate time of the wedding. I, I laughed at my grandmother's funeral because my grandmother, I thought to myself how sad that they don't have you smile in your casket. And then I thought, what am I fucking retarded? Like, how weird they should would it be have you smile. if she was like smiling like, <laughs> like, hey, like, and I started giggling at my grandmother's funeral. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a laugher. And that's why I liked you so much because I was like, oh, this, we kind of live life very similarly. Similar. Um, I mean, you take bigger physical risks than I do. I don't go bungee jumping or skydiving or. Oh, you should. I should, right? Uh, okay, well, how do you are? Do you have like? Do you have anxiety at all? Yeah. Okay, I have anxiety too. Like, but it helps, like it helps you release that anxiety by jumping out of airplanes and stuff. There's a moment when you jump out of an airplane when you're falling to the earth where you realize, and I've been saying this in my stand up lately a little bit, but you realize the dice have been rolled, and you realize you are you are literally either going to live or die within five minutes, and you can't change that. And it's a really for someone like yourself and myself, it's an extremely overwhelming feeling to have, a realization to have when you realize, oh, fuck, I've been micromanaging everything about my life. I've been trying to make sure that I can stay safe. I've been not But doing- what if you were to die when you jumped out of that plane? Would you be okay with that? I mean – That's, that's the, this question that is presented with you at the moment because you're going, I'm doing something that is a bucket list adventure. If I am about to die, how am I going to meet my maker? Do I really – do I am I going to race to the ground fearful for the next minute and not enjoy this moment of free fall looking at the earth 13,000 feet above the earth or am I going to like how am I going to approach this moment and you're forced to make a decision on whether you're going to be terrified and like no 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 or you're going to be like fuck yeah and you it's it's an impressive overwhelming moment to do and that's why I say jumping out of an airplane for a person like me or you is so much more impressive for like a guy like uh like i I mean rogan would never do it but like for a a, for like a nihilist for like tj miller to do it i Mm -hmm. don't think it would i don't think he'd worry about it he'd be like if i if you die you can't fucking stop it fuck yeah like but for me and you to be approached to have that 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 realization while falling to the earth it's really amazing and i and i and there's other things i wouldn't jump out of an airplane if i were you if i were you i would definitely do a bungee jump okay how safe is a bungee jump 100 percent. 
There's been no accidents with no, bungee jumps. No, there's been accidents, but like, if you go to a place, their track record will be a hundred percent. Like I, I have gone white ra- water rafting. I, that's actually scarier to me than bungee jumping. No way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, then I, mean, I could go bungee jumping. Safety wise, safety. I'm, I, I look at statistics. I'm an economist when it, when it comes to safety. Uh, bungee jump. The mathematics of a bungee jump are so uh, exact that they could literally, and they have, they could place you within an inch of the ground if they wanted to. So so when they say you're not going to hit the ground by 10 feet, they're not guessing 10 feet. They're knowing exactly where you're with your weight, where these cords will stop you. Okay. Well, I want to go bungee jumping. Okay. How high should I start? Uh, I'll tell you the bungee jump I do right off the bat. No questions asked. Do you have any dates planned in Vancouver? Um, no. Okay, in in Whistler, there's a bungee jump that's just outside of Whistler, and it is the best bungee jump I've ever been to. It's about 210 feet, mm-hmm. and it is fucking fantastic. There's a bungee jump here in L.A. that if you ever if you ever like have like a a girls' weekend that you want to do with like you and some friends, it's a five mile hike into the Angeles National Forest, and it's called Bridge to Nowhere. Oh, see, I'm not a hiker. It's but it's it's a really badass hike. It's a, it's fun as crap. Five miles in, five miles out. Safest it's Bungie America, I think. Safest bungee company in the world. A hundred, you'll be a hundred percent safe. You should jump off the stratosphere. When's the next time you're in Vegas? Uh, I was just there last week. You I don't know. Jump, I was the first next person year. to jump off the stratosphere. You should jump off the stratosphere. That's a really that's a really safe. Like no, when I say really safe, the safest in the world. But it does test your fear of heights, and it's it's a it's an asshole clincher. Yeah. Um. You live down in Florida. I'm trying to think what they've got down there, bungee wise. I don't think they have anything because I've just I was just in. Do you, have you ever been to Monkey Kingdom? What's that? And it's just outside Miami. Oh, I've heard about it. I've been wanting to go. It's like in Jungle Island. Can I can I tell you how to make a viral video? Will you go? I'm being dead fucking serious. Go to Mon- Monkey Kingdom. I'll get the <laughs> I'll get the guy's name. I'll get the guy's name. Uh-huh. My contact there. Go and just have someone bring a camera and put a mic on you. Just make sure that just so the audio is clean uh-huh. and have him take you to the monkey experience. I swear to God, you will lose your fucking mind. It is the greatest thing I've ever done in my fucking life. I swear to you, no questions what asked. What happens? Um, I can show you. I can show you, but it's better if you just don't know. Okay. Just go to Monkey Kingdom. I will say, I will text them. Tell them what to do. Are with they going to laugh like hyenas or something? You'll, it's the greatest. I, I would pay money to watch you do this. No fucking way. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even saying you will have a you will have a I'm not even fucking with you. You will have the most viral video that that month. I promise you if you go and get like a friend who's got go, a good camera. Should I periscope it? I wouldn't. I would fucking just videotape I would it. shoot it and I would have it. I would just have it on a very nice camera so that it's clean, like 1080, and put it on YouTube, and I promise you it'll be it'll go viral. Okay. Monkey Kingdom, I just emailed Jim Gaffigan or t- tweeted Jim Gaffigan. It is the greatest experience I've ever had in my life. Okay. Monkey I'll- Kingdom is the greatest fucking thing I've ever done in my entire fucking life. I'll go this week. Fuck it. Uh, 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 yeah. And who, I'm trying to think who I know down there that has a camera that you could go shoot this with because it will be a viral video. I'm not even fucking around. What do monkeys talk to you? You'll see. I don't even. I don't even want to tell you. And okay. don't ask. Just let him. I'm going to set you up with my guy, and okay. he'll bring you in. He'll do what he did with me, and you just videotape it. It will fucking go viral. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, what, how, no, why do you stay in Miami? Just out of curiosity. Uh, well, I was in New York for like seven years, and then I was just like, I have to get out of here. So, yeah. So you moved down to Miami. Yeah, I moved to Miami. But you know what? I've been so much more relaxed since I moved that like my career's been doing better since I moved because New York is so fucking stressful, you know? Like yeah. it's just a f- fucking war zone, you know? Like you yeah. you have to like fight people to share the sidewalk and everything. So I, I go to New York once a month. Pretty much, and I, I still do everything that I used to do when I go there. But now it's like in shorter spurts, so everybody's like, "Oh, I want you to do this, do my podcast, do this, do this." So I'm actually busier now than I yeah, that's was an, before when I was living there. That's interesting because I feel like I feel like the same thing happens for me. Like you go there, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh can I get you on my podcast?" And you're like, "Oh, this is much better than living here." Because yeah. if I live here, they'd never think of having like I go, and whenever I go there, they're like, "Oh, can you do Opie and Jim? Can you do Anthony's uh, the Anthony Kuma show? Can you do Ron Ron Bennington?" Can, and you're like, "If I lived here, they'd probably never ask." <laughs> yeah, if you're always around, they'd be like, "This fucking bird is always here." Like, yeah. you know, and he's how got often do you come to do. out to LA? Um, every few months or so. Not as often though. Yeah, not as often. Did you ever live out here? You know what? I did live here for a summer, like maybe eight years ago. That was just for a couple months. Really? Yeah. So you grew up in Boston, started in Boston? No, I grew up in Chicago. Oh, that's right. I knew that because you're a Bulls fan. Yes. I've seen you. A lo- I've seen a lot of your shit, your shit. Like I've seen, I've seen you more definitely than you've ever seen me. <laughs> because I, oh because my god! Getting Doug with High is my favorite podcast. Oh, you watch that? I watch it beginning to end. It is my favorite podcast. Did you watch the last one I did with Which one? Bree Essering? No, I no, I did not. I, the last one I saw was with you and Whitney. Okay, Cummings. don't watch it because I was like, I felt like I was just bombing so ma- so much. I drank this like THC soda. Do you smoke weed? No, uh, not really. So you've never been on no. Getting Doug with High? No. But you watch it. That is so funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I guess I have smoked weed totally. But like, I, I, I wouldn't. I'm not the kind of guy because I have two kids that would be able to do that. Uh-huh. And then. And then I, the, and it would then be function. really no, it would be a really difficult conversation to have with my daughters when all their friends are experimenting with drugs, and they're like, "You've never seen your dad get high? Oh my god, it's fucking hilarious!" And then my daughters off the bat would be like, "Oh, dad got high as shit and was hilarious and had a great time." But that's fine. You're a comedian. It's not like you're. I know, but it's, I'm still a dad, also. Yeah. So like that kind of gets stuck in my head. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But some parents they tell their kids straight up, like, "I smoke weed." Yeah. I have a friend that that tells her her son that. No, wait, well, hold on. You you had Korean parents, right? Yeah. So what were they like? They were fucking crazy, batshit crazy. People what? think North Koreans are the crazy ones. They're both fucking crazy. K- Korean parents like have this. I get. I wonder. I guess it's a stereotype, but that they're very strict. Yeah. But it's generational, I believe, because I believe that my generation of, of Korean people, like people that are in their forties aren't as bad as the ones that were in their 60s, which aren't as never as bad as one that were in their 80s. seems like it's fading. Is that true? It doesn't feel like that for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. They're just so strict. I mean, it's just, I don't know if you were spanked as a kid. Uh, yeah, but not but not aggressively. Yeah, no, we were spanked, like, as hard as possible, like, with our pants down, like, naked in front of my brothers and just coupling shame with the punishment, with physical pain, you know, and humiliation, and you'd have to stand in a corner holding a dictionary on your head for hours, you know, just, just like, just torture shit, you know, like they're into torture. Shut up. So you're, you're, so you'd get spanked, like, what, what would you get spanked for? Uh, well, my dad worked at night, so he would always be sleeping during the day. And, but 
you know, you have five fucking kids, they're gonna make noise. Yeah. And they're all we're all close in age, like two, three years apart. So we're just, you know, being kids, just being loud. And then he would come out and just, you know, be like, Shut up, shut the hell up and everything. So What did just, your dad do for a living? He worked at the post office. He was sorting mail at yeah. the the post office overnight. You know? So, so then and, and your mom was a stay at home mom or did she work as well? No, my mom was a nurse also. Okay. So. And so where did you grow up in Chicago? In uh, Rogers Park. Where is that? Like, where is that in perspective-wise? It's in wise? the north side. North side? Yeah. South side's where all the black people are, right? Yeah, south side's all the black people. Green <laughs> <laughs> and green. Did you, yeah, did you, did you ever do, do stand-up in New York, in Chicago? You know what? No, I moved to Boston and I started stand-up in Boston. I never even did stand-up in Chicago. Can I tell you right now, I just realized we're, I'm, we're supposed to be doing your podcast and I'm doing my podcast with you, so we'll just do a swap cast and I'll give you this audio. You can release it on yours. I'll release it on mine. Should we do that? Yeah, yeah. I was, I, in the middle of this, I realized, I, I said, boy, we'll do it in my house, but like you had said, I'd love to have you on my podcast yeah. and I just immediately started putting you on. I didn't even realize I did that. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, don't even apologize. What's wrong with you? <laughs> so, so I'll just give you the, I'll give you the well, audio. I start, I start every podcast talking about poo. Oh, we can talk about shit. I'm shitting aggressively right now. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not. On? I'm not using a squatty potty, but I'm using two stools. Like I, I'm raising my legs. Have you have you ever shit like that? Yeah, where you kind of squat down on the toilet. Yeah, no, like you raise your legs so your legs are up here. Yeah, you like that better. I it, I find that it just keeps. Isla showed it to me. My youngest was there's this video of this unicorn shitting ice cream. Oh, I saw it. People yeah. send that to me because I'm obsessed about poo. Oh yeah, and they're like, you would love this. I, and I am, and right now, and I just got off the road, but it's like literally, I've been. I took a massive shit this morning before I dropped the girls off. Went and worked out. Came back, took another shit, and I feel another one brewing because I took a juice. Do you ever use drink, drink kale juice? Yes. Yes. That comes out of me mid, mid-morning. mid Yeah. Literally. But it's, it's nice to, like, clean out your system. Yeah. You know, some people don't like juicing because it makes them shit, di- like, liquid diarrhea. I love it. I almost think that shitting was a part of my diet. Like, <laughs> like I looked at shitting as a way to lose weight. Like, I'd just be like, uh, well, I'm eating a little unhealthy. Just put extra jalapenos on it. Wow. Yeah, and then and then I ate um, the really really sp- like uh, I think it's called the El Diablo pepper or the, it's called the is whatever the word, Spanish word is for the sun soul or something son of God or something. I ate this pepper in New Mexico and it fucked my stomach up forever. I think it ruined my stomach <gasps> oh, and I can't shit. really have really spicy peppers the way I used to like it. I I, I mean it really bothers my stomach now. Oh no. Yeah, but I mean that for the longest time. Shitting was like how I, I am sure that's a form of bulimia, but like that's how I regulated my weight was just spice it up. Well, and it worked. It worked for mo- for the most part. It's healthier than, you know, tying your tubes up or something or, or you know, doing that stomach surgery. Oh, the, the lap band or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. That can't be healthy. I can't be. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it can or I, I, I can't, it can't you know be. what I do? I shit like after every meal. I'll mean? I'll even shit during a meal. Wait, hold on. Walk me through. How can can you shit on command? No, I can't shit on command. But my system is so small that when I eat lunch, I'm like I'm full. Let me go shit, and then it's like I eat the other half of my sandwich. Are you serious? Yeah, because oh. I've trained my stomach. I don't know if I've trained it or if my parents just starved me growing up or what, but I just eat very small increment in increment, you know, small increments. And I, I, I don't 
you know, I have to empty myself out before I can eat again or really continue or finish my meal. Right. You're twice as big as me. I am twice as big as you. Um, so you fall that much faster when you're jumping out of an airplane. No. We fall at the same rate. Do we? Yeah, that's everything falls at nine point eight seconds. How feet is that per possible? That's fucking crazy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, maybe ar- you could argue that you, m- I might even fall fall slower than you because I have more wind mass. Are you calling like, me fat? No, no, no. Meaning, <laughs> like I have more uh, more surface area, so the wind might slow me down more. Whereas you're smaller, you might fall like a dart, and I fall like a. <laughs> Like a sale. Totally. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. So wait, so what What? what was like a typical Korean, when you were growing up, what, did you eat Korean food all the time? No, no. My parents, they ate Korean food and we were like grossed out by it. Are you serious? Yeah, because we would like open the fridge and there'd be like cow tongue and anchovy heads and all this nasty Korean food. Yeah. Now, I love Korean food, but growing up. We would protest, and I would start the protest. Really? Yeah, I would be. I would be like, you know, this is disgusting. We need McDonald's. We need American food. But like, when you're a parent, you shouldn't listen to what your kids want yeah. because they don't know what's good for them or bad for them. Yeah. And so I grew up at fucking McDonald's and Taco Bell and Burger really? King. Really? Yeah. So wait, four four other siblings? Yeah. Are you the oldest? I'm the second oldest. Second oldest. Yeah. What, is it, what do they, What do they all do? Um, my older brother's a cop. Shut up. Yeah. Okay. And my younger brother, he's a computer programmer. That makes sense. Uh, (laughs) 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 He's the only Asian one, right? Yeah. I'm a cop. (laughs) When? When? Oh, man. Computer programmer, and then are the other ones Mortgage broker. Mortgage broker, I'll take it. And then um, my sister's looking for a job. Okay. Yeah. Now, what did your parents say if they saw you smoking pot on the internet? I don't know if they've seen it. Really? Although they do kind of stalk me online. Really? Yeah. So, uh, because I imagine that they would be fucking hate you smoking pot. I've smoked pot in their house with them not knowing what what it was. Shut up. And my mom would be like swiffering the basement and she'd be like, what that smell? You bring fruits from New York? And I'm like, yeah, mom, it's fruit. Go back upstairs. You know? Up. Yeah. Like she doesn't know what it is. So. And your cop brother's got to be like, listen, do you guys all have uh, like really old uh, 1950s sitcom white names? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? No, just me. You don't we, have like a we all have. We all have names from the Bible. Is Esther from the Bible? Esther's a book in the Old Testament. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you have a brother named David, I'm sure. No, they all start with J. Abraham, J. Uh, <laughs> Jabraham. Uh, Jabraham. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, do you have a Korean name, too? No. You never just, got a Korean name? No, I was born in the U.S. So yeah, but I, I always thought a... that that was customary that you got, like, a... My parents, they don't really give a shit about, like, customs and culture and shit. Really? That's Can you I don't... speak Korean? People ask me about Korean shit. I don't know anything. Can you speak Korean? Just a little bit. Really? Yeah. Um, like, That's all you need to do. You say that sentence in different variations, and it sounds like you're talking Korean. Exactly. What did you say? Uh, I said my mom always told me not to laugh loud. <laughs> what a fitting fucking sentence. Well, because they, they got me all, like, they made me all insecure because when I was a kid, like, they were like, oh, nobody's going to want to marry her because of her loud laugh. Really? So I always like thought I would, you know, 
I don't know. I would I would believe it, but then I also would reject that notion and just continue laughing. Really? Yeah, because they're trying to like bring me down and letting me know that I'm not I'm not uh what's the word? desirable because of my loud laugh. That's so crazy. I know, right? That's so so is is part of what why do you think shame is a part of Asian culture? Because it's it's supposed because they they love having this group mentality of like everybody should sort of be the same. So if anybody's different, they they love to shame you because they're all conforming to the way that things should be. You have to act this way. You have to be quiet. You have to be submissive and not not break the mold at all. Yeah. I don't I don't know why, but I'm trying to break them out of it. You know. Did any of your siblings kind of conform to that to that like sub- subservient like almost like like is there is there like a child in your family that is like the good kid where your mom and dad are like good he doesn't try for much no we're all kind of fuck ups really I think are you guys is anyone married to a white person no is anyone married to a black person <laughs> my brother is marrying a black person are you serious. <laughs> That's fucking great. Were you there when he brought her home for the first time? Oh, my God. Well, no, I wasn't there, but... um... I bet that was fucking awesome. I would have paid money... To, I would pay money for a translator just to or just to sit in the house when it, when that happened. Yeah, but you know what? We we grew up with black people in our house because yeah. my parents are missionaries, and so we would just have missionaries from all over the world. Like, oh, so so they don't. There's not the stereotypical yeah, need to not, marry a Korean. No, no. Um, they were actually not the stereotypical Korean parents because they were like telling me that I'm not going to be able to marry. You know. Yeah. Okay. Like everybody, yeah. all the other parents, they would like sort of groom their daughters for marriage and teach them how to be a good wife and stuff. To me, they just looked at me like she's a fucking lost cause. Really? When did they think that you were a lost cause? When like, I was. What was the what was the turning point where they were like, what are we going to do with this one? <laughs> like when I was a kid and I was just loud and just making fun of everybody in my family. I would just like roast everybody, you know? Really? Yeah. And I, and and. They were just like, they just looked at me like, oh, she's too loud. Like, nobody's ever going to want her. That's so fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, I know, right? That It just seems so odd that that would be an approach to parenting. Well, Asian cultures also, they devalue um, women and girls. And, you know, like when I was born, my dad walked out of the hospital room and was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah, because it's it's like a sign that your sperm is not manly. That you don't have testosterone. And so even though he already had a son, he was pissed when I was born. Really? Yeah. That's got to be a great way to enter the earth. (laughs) (laughs) That's so fucking great. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like the, the boys get all the preferential treatment. Really? Yeah. Like, like if you ever read books, uh, about like, there's these Asian written by, you know, these Chinese immigrants. They always write about the boys get the egg in their soup and the girls get no egg, you know, because the boys are more special. Oh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. And you have chickens and you have daughters and you feed them eggs all the time. Yeah, they got eggs. And you're a good dad. Yeah, but that's I think that 
uh, I think that it's so funny that I think that what I'm seeing now in white culture, uh, and when I say white culture, I just mean this social justice warrior, uh, liberal arts mentality of is. Uh, uh, I was talking to a friend about this, but no one's no everyone's paid so much attention to how to raise women and how to raise girls and how to be fair to girls that everyone kind of ignored how to raise boys for the past for the past twenty years. Like, wow, that's interesting. I, uh, the, I don't, I'm not going to say the person who tell, was telling me this because I don't know if – I mean, I, I don't care. It was uh, – um, it was uh, Anahid. Uh, uh, this my friend Anahid. Mm-hmm. She told me about this author, this, this Princeton or Harvard professor who was saying that – Wrote a book, how to raise how to raise a boy, because no one's everyone's been so concerned about women's rights and and hate speech and and date rape and boys frat frat boy and self-esteem culture. Self-esteem for girls and you know having and, yeah, having body a, issues. A, a chubby Barbie now. Yeah, and everyone's been so focused on that that everyone kind of forgot. Oh shit, you know boys have a lot of emotions too that we can't figure out. And so when we were talking for a while about doing some sort of talk where we go to colleges and raise funds and and go to colleges and speak, I would speak to boys and say, "Listen, you know, it's okay if you cry." Not not, not just that, but like, "Hey guys, uh, no girl really wants three guys and one girl. Like, no girl wants a, a group sex. Like, no girl wants a train runner on her. But like in guy culture." You know, no one really kind of stopped to slow down to explain how rape happens to boys. So by the time they just said don't rape, they just said don't rape. They never said they say don't hey, be a rapist. This is how it's happen. Yeah, they never said like this is this is what it'll be. You're gonna be with a girl. You're gonna be you know like walk them through when no counts. It make that makes sense. Yes. And so. And so, like, no one really paid attention to boys, and they and they now just, boys are like scared, like. Fucking, these, these young boys, they don't. I feel bad for the young girls. It's like I feel like they. It must be, they don't. They're not even like really hooking up as much as people used to. I feel like. Oh uh, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I've never. I don't. I haven't. I don't really know any young boys anymore. Like I don't talk to anyone, but I know what it was like to be a young man. And I went to college right when date rape became official. Like right when people said the the term that I remember my freshman year, the term that was plastered everywhere was no means no. Yeah, and so myself, I've only I've only had sex with like six people, so I'm not saying wow. that, I'm not saying that I I I'm just I if if I heard no, I was already saying no also. <laughs> like I was, I'm not I'm not that kind of guy. Like yeah. I've every, everyone I've had sex with has pretty much been a girlfriend for years. Um, wow, I've only had one one night stand, and uh, maybe I've had two. I've had they're players. overrated. I've had, I've had two one night stands, and so. But I know I've been in situations where you watch boys turn into dogs and you, and you see that mentality take over where one girl just – all she wants is attention and friends. That's all she wants. Yep. She doesn't want to be fucked by nine guys. She just wants to be – She liked. just wants to know that she's fuckable and desired. And maybe she doesn't have the words. And then let her collect those visual accolades and she can go home and jerk off to it and do it over again the next day. Yeah. And there's a lot of – there's a lot of – you know, I, I've I've witnessed an, exp- uh, a, a, an experience one time where I realized after the fact that it was it was like a wet T-shirt contest. I was like, none of these girls are whores, but that's what the boys see is that they're all whores because they're taking their shirts off. 
a lot of them just want attention. They just want to feel important. The same way I get on stage and I do, tell too much about myself, they just want to feel important. And they don't maybe don't they don't have the words to express to justify their importance in their head. And so they think the only way they can be valued is doing a white t-shirt contest. And I just, I remember witnessing that going, thinking guys were like, look at the whore. And like they were just talking shit about them. And I remember thinking in a weird way, I do stuff. I do that exact same thing. Like I just want attention. I want people to like me. I do it in stand up, and I just, I just tell too much about myself. Yeah, you know, you have this empathy for women that I really appreciate. I have a massive empathy for women. I think I learned a lot by having daughters. You have two daughters, right? I have two daughters. And, and it uh, changes you. And I have two sisters. I still have two sisters. Oh, see, that's great. You know, pe- boys who grow up without sisters, are I feel like they sort of m- are missing. They're little, missing They're missing a, a lot. A chunk. Yeah. Look, I said, I w- I've been talking a lot about it on stage, but about how, you know, the and it will, this will go back to the Asian culture, but for guys, so much of sex is so shameful because we don't know what we're doing. Like, all my information I got about sex was from Ty Rodriguez, like some guy in fucking ninth grade who basically broke down what girls liked. And by the way, none of it was fucking accurate because a ninth grader was telling me. Ugh. And so I went on. I think we need a whole revamp of sex education in schools. Oh, my God. Like, 100%. And I think you need to pull boys aside and go, here is how this works, okay? The only reason she's letting you feel her tits, she's getting no joy out of this. The only reason she's letting you feel her tits is so that you'll like her. Like, it's, there's a trade-off. Well, we do get some joy out of it. My that. wife does now, but, like, in, in ninth grade, there's girls that are like, oh, this is moving fast, but fuck it, I don't want to say no. And then, you know, like, there's so yeah, much when of you're, a fucking... when you're young, you just feel like you you should do this because, you know, he gave you a ride or something. Yeah, there's so you much to You feel obligated that. when you're a young girl, and if you have low self-esteem or daddy issues, fuck, like pile on top of that that's what makes quote-unquote sluts or whores as everybody likes to call us yeah and and those those things i don't think are shared with boys i think boys think well if if i don't try to feel her tit and if i don't be if i'm not persistent about feeling her boobs then i'm gay you know like that's the weird thing is that there is this shame in the boy's head of like like they might be labeled gay like i remember i remember thinking there was a girl that I dated that a lot of people that I had sex with and I didn't have sex with. And all of a sudden I got mocked and I was like, because I didn't have sex with her. And then I, I was shamed because I didn't fuck her. And, wow. I, and I was like, and then in a weird way you start like, hating the girl. In, no You're way. Like, Why wouldn't you fuck me? You fucked everyone else. The poor girl's like, cause I liked you and I didn't want to be a whore to you. Like I had with the other guys. And oh. then, so you're getting all these confusing fucking feelings of you're like, hold on, you fucked everybody else, but you wouldn't fuck me. And then, and then you almost dislike the person. And then, and then, and that's and, not fair for her. It's not fair for she her. She just likes you as a friend, so she wants to keep you as a friend. That's why she never fucked you. She didn't care about these other fucking guys. That's why she fucked them. But in your head, as a child, you're and I say child because I, at the time, I don't think I was eighteen. But I remember thinking, hold on, why did you fuck everyone else? Like, how dare? Like, what was wrong with me? And, and then, then you start you get questioning. Mad and at then you, her. And your self esteem lowers. Do you stay mad at her? No, no. I, I mean. I don't. I don't think I'm. I'm. I'm probably making it sound worse than it was, but. Uh, but yeah, and so, I think there was like two girls that that happened with, where, I dated them, and I think they had had sex with guys before, and I think they regretted it, and they had gotten a moniker of being sluts, 
And then when I dated them, they were trying to, you know, revamp their image. You know, guys don't understand that if we sleep with somebody right away, it it doesn't mean that we sleep with everybody right away. Yeah. You know, people think, oh, oh, she must just go around and do that. Actually, that was literally like a one-time thing. Like that was my one freebie of the year that I'm letting myself go crazy and do that. Usually I'm not like that. And and, and we get labeled. Like it, people assume that just because you're one way, but some guys – you know, it takes longer to sleep with them or whatever. Yeah, why and why can't it why can't it be the same for girls as with boys? Like there are like like I said, there are um two girls that I can think of in my life. And I I, mean, I can name all the people I've had sex with, but the two of on that list were one night stands. One girl I actually masturbated with across the room. It's really fun. Isn't that fun? It was really fun. Yeah. That was like one of the cooler things. This is back when I was young. And it's like, look I what get, I can do. I could get Whee! naked and look good. And we lit a candle in the center of the room. Oh, and, wow. You got into it. Yeah. Yeah. It was really fun. And then, she, uh, but, uh, and then we ended up having sex too. So I don't, I guess that's not technically one I stand, but like, but th- those girls, I did it once and I regretted it. Both of them. I was like, this isn't how I want to, this isn't how I want to represent that act for me. I don't want to just have sex with someone and then not have them leave and not have a connection or like, be comfortable to watch movies with them. I was like, I remember I was so impressed at the fact that it was, that it, um, that I was willing, that I didn't know them. I couldn't have said to them, Hey, would you like to go to the movies? I was afraid to say, do you want to hang out again? Cause we had had sex and I felt uncomfortable with that. But I remember thinking, but at the same time, I am willing to roll the dice on possibly getting them pregnant and then knowing them for the rest of my fucking life. Like I'm willing to do an act Jesus. that could connect me to that person forever, but I'm not willing to reach out and do something with them on Friday. Right. It's so silly. Oh, it's so fucking silly. But it is true. Once you like go all the way and have full on intercourse with somebody, it does make it awkward. Really awkward. Why is that? The one, and you know what? The one of the girls slept with me. I almost promise you this. I think she slept with me so that her and her sister didn't have to rent a hotel room that night. Yeah, that could be true. I mean, I got to be honest with you. She was from Liverpool, and she we had met her at the Boston Comedy Club. Me and a bunch of guys had all met her and her sister. And then, uh, then that night, I think they didn't have a place to stay, and they were like just traveling through New York. They were on like a, and they were broke, and they were like, and we all went back to my house, and her, and I was like, you guys can crash here if you'd like. And then she got in bed with me, and I think she did it as like a thank you, like yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'll fucking thank you. Yeah, I've been there. And then I ended up going to the, going and spending the day with him the next day. Well, good. She was actually really cool, except for her tongue didn't go all the way out of her mouth because it was connected at the bottom. You ever seen those people? Wow. Yeah, like there was skin. They have a tongue handicap. And no, have you ever seen those people? No. So some people, their skin on their tongue. You know, if you have skin underneath your connecting your tongue to the yeah. bottom, but it connects all the way to the very tip of their tongue. Wow. So their tongue can't get out of their mouth. So they talk like this and and then that's as far as they can stick it out of their mouth. Wow. So French kissing her it was weird. I had to go into her mouth and lick her tongue. Whoa. Yeah, it was really odd. And she smoked cool cigarettes and drank Hennessy, and the whole time I was having sex with her I was like, this is what it would smell like to fuck Tupac. <laughs> Isn't that odd? That's awesome. Yeah. So, how many people have you had sex with? Um, I don't know. I've had like one, two, three, four, four boyfriends, five boyfriends. Okay. And, and, and in between, you know, you sprinkle a little, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's not a ton. Um, but I've hooked up with guys, but also like not have had sex. Like I'm a big fan of doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like, yeah. like just a, like a masturbation race. Like we don't even fucking have to touch each other. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I'll just like hook up with a guy just to see how big his penis is. Just to know, and it's like, okay, let me file that under. That's too big. See you later. I'm not gonna. Wait, you the, you've seen you them again. too big? Yeah, like I know, I know, like how deep I like it. I'm so blown away right now. So wait, there is such a thing as too big? Yeah. Really? Oh my god! Hell yeah! No wait, please tell me it's someone I know. Do you no. know? Okay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's got to be Jim Norton. So, he's got a massive dick. Did you know that? Does he really? Yeah, he is what? a massive dick. No, how do you know? I saw it at Last Comic Standing too. You saw it? I pissed next to him, and I said something. Shut the fuck up! I, Are you serious? I'm, I remember this distinctly. It's We're, always the smallest guys who have big dicks. He has a massive fucking dick. Like what? Brett Ernst has a massive dick too. Oh, Brett my Ernst God. has a fucking hog. Like. Hog. Oh my god. No, I am a fan of little dicks. Not little, but like medium to like give me a size. Medium to average, like five and a half inches. Okay, well he wouldn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just above five and a half. <laughs> the the uh the uh, that's interesting now um this is gonna sound like a really this might sound like racist, but I don't know. But I only say this because I just the other day I saw I was and I'm, I've never been into like Asian porn because uh-huh. only because the Asian guys and it creep me out. Like the Asian guys are always like, oh, like they're real like like the, it's like it always seems like victimy. Does that make sense? Yes, it's disgusting. Yeah, it seems like the girl doesn't like it. Like she's always got her eyes closed and her head back. But I noticed the other day, like I watched a couple to see if I it was just the ones I'd seen. Mm-hmm. But they all all the Asian women made the same noise during sex. Like kind of quiet, like, whining. Uh, like a uh, like. Yeah, I go right past that and I start screaming. Really? Yeah, I don't do the whole. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I don't watch. I don't really watch porn either. Oh so, really? But I've heard. Me either. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I watch. I, Me either. I, I, then. I, I've been on the like. I, it's it's interesting because it's a it's a bad part of it's a bad habit of mine. But on the road, I end up just being depraved in a weird way. Like, yeah, I understand. And, I, and, I get it. And with my, and I'm very faithful to my wife. I've never cheated on my wife. Never even remotely. I know you guys are so sweet. I've seen your periscopes yeah. driving in the middle of nowhere in like North Dakota or you know some yeah. random fucking town. I'm very, I'm very happy. And my wife and I sexually are like meat and potatoes. We don't, we're not too crazy. But then when I get on the road, it's like this weird. It's like this. Uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, just with watching porn, like I see, I watch more porn than the average guy. And I'm like, I wonder if that's one of these things that's burned into our subculture as comedians that we, but then to hear that you don't watch it, I go, oh, that's fucking odd. But I think guys are, guys are more drawn to porn than girls are. Steve Byrne used to say men are more visual. Yeah. Like we'll all film it, watch it, look at it. And women are more, they want to connect. Like I have a great memory. Like I could just recall the top five, you know moments from my sex life and just right. bring that up and let's now you brought it up let's run through them uh, I'll, and i'll run through mine i'll run through mine just give me just give me one of your top five uh-huh. and i'll give you one of my top five i'll i'll start <laughs> okay. it's of course it's gonna be my wife but okay. um there was a time when we were both just dating where we one one night we took a bath together and 
uh, we had in my old house. I used to live in a three-story mansion in the hills, mm-hmm. and we took a bath. And we had candles lit everywhere, and I think we had gone to the beach that day. And we ended up having sex in the bathroom, and I think both of us will write that down as probably number one or number two. The other one is one time we were out at her lake house in Alabama, and we took jet skis to this hidden, like, fucking lagoon in the lake. Like, it was, like, back through reeds, and all of a sudden it opened into this big, like, just, like, a big pond, but it was off of the lake. So you, we got there on the jet skis, and my wife, this is a different woman. I don't even feel like I know this woman anymore, literally just got naked and just started swimming. Whoa. And I was like, and I was scared of alligators. So like the whole, I got naked too. And then we swam over and we, it was like literally, that was probably, I, that's got to be number one. Wow. Easily number one. That was one of the that best. That is so sweet that your number one and twos are your wife. Well, they're that all my wife. All the other adorable. times I had sex, I want to say, I you know, I wasn't very comfortable. Um, I wasn't very comfortable with intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, the moment after sex, I always felt very embarrassed, and I I wanted to get away. Because you feel vulnerable when she watches you shake and come. Yeah, I guess. I guess having, you know, it's so interesting. I I, I used to have a joke about this. Um, having sex with someone, for me, it was it was so the feeling was like having an orgasm with someone. I was always like, I don't normally do this with people. Like I do this by myself. It's sacred. It's it's like a it's like a, a practice that I've that I've done only by myself from the age of whatever thirteen until seventeen. So you feel embarrassed, like they see your cum face. They see they see they see a side of my me that I've never shown anybody. And so the first time it happened, it was a nightmare. I wrote about it in my book. I'm not going to revamp it, but it was a nightmare. My losing my virginity. The second time was almost as bad as that. The third time was even worse because I I just like and it just progressively. I never, and then, and then the vulnerability of, like I said, of the fact that I may have to spend my life with this person, or what if we get a sexually transmitted disease? And then, so I, they were all these, there were all these things that I don't think were emotions that I, that I could fully place into a life where I was like, where I was not ready to commit to someone for my life. And then when I met my wife, and it wasn't until probably four months dating when I realized I want to marry this person, then all of a sudden, then that was the first person I had sex with where I was like, oh, this is how it's supposed to be. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I had great sex, you know, with with like uh, with great people, like uh, people I loved. With five other love. people. Yeah, five other. <laughs> uh, probably three people I didn't love. Mm-hmm. Two people I loved and uh, and my wife. So six total. Is that six? Yeah. Two people I definitely loved. But the first one. Oh, no, I guess my number is seven because I'm forgetting one person, the person I lost my virginity to. Okay. But um, the first person was was not – wasn't – I never – and even – it was the first time I was like – it was the first time I was like sex, sexually active with somebody. Like uh-huh. We dated for a long time. Yep. So that was the first person, but I never – I was always scared. What if they get pregnant? I'm not ready to start a family. Well, you didn't wear a condom? No, I did, but then sometimes you – you know. Sometimes there's like a little hole or, or – sometimes, Or sometimes I didn't. Yeah. And sometimes you, and then that that always fucked me up. And then the next person I think I was a little more responsible with, but I didn't totally I mean I loved her I thought, but I just I I I always I wasn't totally there. Yeah. Um I mean, well you got your wife pregnant on purpose, right? No. No? No. 
No way. Yeah, Georgia. I mean, I shouldn't say an accident, but Georgia was unplanned. Okay. Like, yeah, we got we were dating. So that must have brought mixed. Emo- but you were already no. married. Oh no no no! We were already in. We were. This is by the way. This is one of two things in my life that I have lied about. Like only because I never wanted, and I, I say that openly, so that if I've ever said anything different, someone knows I'm yep. acknowledging I lie about. I've lied about this before. Only because when I was younger. I was afraid that people would think that that I didn't love her because we had gotten pregnant before we got married. I understand that. And so I, uh, I got. Um, I went down to Florida. I talked to my dad. My da- I told my dad I, I want, we were on the beach, clear water, chest high water, and I told my dad I'm gonna I want to marry her. And so my dad and I went looking at rings, and we picked out a ring, and I bought it. And my dad was having it shipped to me in uh, L.A. In L.A. And I moved in with Leanne. I realized, okay, this is it. So I moved in with Leanne. We painted the living room. I then went on tour. And while I was on tour, she, I came back and she said she was late. And, and, she, was, and she was pregnant. But the ring had just shown up. <gasps> and so like, I was going to ask her to marry me regardless. And then a part of me like oh you didn't know she was pregnant I didn't when you know bought she was the ring when I bought the ring whoa yeah. and then and then by the way when she said she was pregnant I've never been happier in my life because I literally was like so I guess the answer will be yes <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah and so yeah that is so cute yeah but I like I remember she had dumped me before that and I had fought to get her get to get her back and I remember I was a mess I was a fucking mess when she dumped me. I was a mess. Like, I've never been like that. You were crying your eyes out? crying for four days But when you cry, do you cry by yourself or do you, like, call up your friends? In the shower. In the shower by yourself? Um, By myself. I would never Like, wailing? Like, is your cry, like, your laugh? It's, you know, it's so funny. Uh, William Shatner one time, uh, I took a general meeting with William Shatner about a movie he was doing about comedians. And he said, uh, he said, the character I'm looking for you to play would be someone who has to cry. Can you cry? And I said, You're like, boy, yeah. I can said, I cry? I said, yeah. And he said, how do you cry? I said, that's really funny because I had just taken the air back. I cry in the bathroom by myself. But in a bathroom, every time I've cried, there's been a mirror. And every time I see myself crying in the mirror. It cracks you up. It cracks me up. <laughs> and so I end up laughing hysterically while I cry. Oh, my God. That is, you, like, if you were ever convicted of a murder and you had to go to solitary confinement, yeah. you would be fine. Oh, you uh, yeah. crack yourself up. I'd spin you myself would, out. You would ball your eyes out, and then it'd be a cycle, and you'd be, it would be funny. Now, do you now do you do you date Asian men or white dudes or black dudes or anything? <laughs> or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, I um I date non Asians. Really? Have you ever dated an Asian? No, no. Why not? Because. Uh, the Asian men in my life have always been a, um, a force of oppression. You know, they've really? always tried to control me or get me to stop laughing so loud. You really? know, they wanted me to like have an arranged marriage and, 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 you know, my brother's a cop and he would just like beat me up and stuff. So it's just, I just have this, you know, it's like if everybody who looks like a certain way is doing bad things to you. You might not want to date them when you're older, you know? That's interesting. And people say that I'm racist for not dating Asians. And I'm like, well, fuck you. If you had my life, you wouldn't want to date Asian men either. 
didn't you do weren't you part of like a little bit of a conspiracy i want to say i, th- I want to say remembering that when you did last comic standing yeah like what was it eight season six or something season six and you went up and you told uh, racial jokes about being korean and then some white guy did it and they fucking destroyed the white guy yeah, they talked about this on Opie and Anthony yes. before they Anthony got fired. Yes. And Bobby Lee was there. What did Bobby Lee say? He was the one who brought me up and was like, there's some Korean girl doing jokes about hating Korean guys on TV. <laughs> and then somebody else did an Asian joke and they let it slide. But that's how the whole, that's how like I got introduced to ONA, the really? whole ONA community. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And you're kind of, you're a little bit like of a favorite of the ONA community. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, you know what? I should have started listening when Bobby Lee talked about me on the air, but I just listened to that episode and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Um, yeah, I want to say, I, I want to say, you're, are you friends with Bobby? Um, you know what? He says that we're friends on his podcast, but then he talks shit about me. Really? Yeah, so we got in the whole thing. Then I periscoped about <laughs> about Bobby Lee, and then somebody spliced that with content from his podcast onto a YouTube video. Really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta fucking watch that. <laughs> it's... I, I love Bobby Lee. Yeah. I, I, mean, I love Bobby Lee. But, yeah. But uh, but that's interesting. I, I, and you know, I mean, I can. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure that if you say I don't want to date Korean men, that's gonna hit pretty hard with a Korean man. Like right, a Korean man would definitely be a fan. But he's also a comedian, and as a comedian, yeah. I think comedian trumps race, okay? It's like, is Patrice going to get mad that you do a black joke, or am I going to get mad that Patrice is doing an Asian joke? I agree with everything Patrice said about Asians. Like, they don't fucking remember, like, you when you're a second-time customer, a third-time customer, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I'd rather have a white waiter, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. it's true. It's, uh, and, and This so- is Priscilla. Oh, hi, she's, Priscilla. She's, she's huge. Yeah, she's... Oh, that's a fucking ham. No, Priscilla. <laughs> Prispot. Hey, Leanne! I have listened to your podcast, um, and I find your point of view on Asians funny because... What's my point of view? Well, because you just don't know anything about Asians. I don't. Because you're from Tampa. There, and there were no Asians and in there's Tampa. there's zero Asians. Yeah, when, I, when we grew up, there was one kid, Sam Ho, and his sister... Uh, his sister, I forget his name, her name, but Sam Ho... Hey, someone's just discovered the ham. Yeah, so I heard your episode with Yoshi yeah. where you were asking him about Asian stuff because you don't know anything. Yeah, I don't know anything. I, like, I, you know, one of my first jokes, my first Asian joke ever was, and this wasn't even a joke. This was, this was a true story that happened with me and Dr. Ken, is I said, did you know that Chinese people can't understand Japanese people? Right? Yeah, that was hilarious when you realized that. I didn't know that. I was with Dr. Ken. I, I've changed the joke. And I've told it with Steve Byrne a couple of times. I toured with Steve. Mm-hmm. But I was with Dr. Ken, and we were at the Ontario Improv, and uh, and we were in the hallway. This is when he was just a doctor. He wasn't famous. He was just a doctor and a comic. And these two older Asian people were arguing, were, were arguing with the bouncer who wasn't letting him in. And I went, Ken, I think, you're, I think your parents are trying to get back here. But I wasn't trying to be racist. I was just like, <laughs> Ken, I think your parents are trying to be there. It's like... Are you fucking kidding right now? And I went, no. I said, I, I'm just because because they were trying to get in through the back way. Yeah. And so I, in my head, I just figured, oh, they must be Ken's parents. They must be coming in to say hi to Ken. Was he, was he laughing at you? Like, and hey, he was you... like, he was like, Bert, those aren't my parents. And I went, are you serious? He goes, yeah. First of all, they're fucking Japanese. And I go, oh. And I said, well, what? I go, what are they saying? You're like, what's the difference? No, no, I no, I knew the difference, but I go, what are they saying? And he goes, I don't know what they're saying. Cause I'm not Japanese. I said, well, kind of what's he saying? What are they saying? Like, what, 
And he was like, I don't kind of know Bert because I'm not yeah. kind of Japanese. They're totally different languages. That's I go, what I enjoy about you. I love that you're like openly ignorant about it. I, like openly. Whereas most people are going to uh, like those guys who try to learn a phrase in Korean like yo and Ohio Guzima and it's just like stop trying so just admit you don't know anything about us. Yeah. And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Like uh, I'm we, happy to share anything you want to know about Asians. We went to Third Street School, uh, which is over on uh I think it's off it's over in like Han- Hancock Park, mm-hmm. right by Koreatown, and it's predominantly a Korean school. It's a majority Korean. And uh and I fucking loved it. But I was not I'm definitely not someone who is not going to speak. Like, I'm not going to go, like... Like, it was crazy. Like, we'd have Thanksgiving feasts, and it was all fucking kimchi and fucking vegetable rolls and, like, and, like, and, like, uh, br- the the beef... Bulgogi? Yeah. The, Kalbi? Yeah. And, like, it was all ribs. Korean. And I remember my dad coming to the Thanksgiving feast, and it was all Korean food. All Korean food was served. And my dad was, like... Pissed. Like, well, no, he goes, what the fuck is this? I, he goes, where are the mashed potatoes? He's like, where's the stuffing? Where's the turkey? And I go, that's, that's not that school. And so I used, to, I used to tell, that's when I first found kimchi. I'd never had kimchi you before. like it? I fucking love kimchi. Like kimchi to me, and I think it has to do with digestive stuff for me. Oh, you like that spicy? You're like yeah. a spicy bulimic. Yes. And I, uh, I, I used to have this one Korean mom would give me a five-gallon jug of kimchi that her grandmother would make or her mother would make. But then you start smelling like garlic. I love it. I used to put kimchi in everything. You want to know something crazy? Our next-door neighbor. You probably eaten more kimchi than me. I, our next-door neighbor, Korean guy, uh, uh, when we lived in this apartment down by Koreatown, uh-huh. uh, him and his wife, both Korean, uh, he was a chef. And he sat me down one time at Thanksgiving. They came over for Thanksgiving. And he was like an executive chef at Rock Sugar down in, in Century City. And he was like, you know, man, I think I'm just done with the executive chef shit. And I was like, really? He goes, yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to start like a taco truck. And he started Kogi Tacos. Wow. Yeah, Roy Choi. Fucking Priscilla pumped it. into this. They're killing it. Yeah. And so fucking Priscilla pumped into this. This has been like the worst videoed podcast I've ever done. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and so he – and I remember telling him it's the worst idea he's ever had in his life. I was like, I wouldn't do it. Roy Choi. What the fuck do you know? What the fuck do I know is right. And and our daughters were best friends and did went to ballet dance class together. I saw him every... I saw this guy all the fucking time and I watched him explode. I'm, Kim, uh, Steve Byrne was at Vince Vaughn one time and he called me up and he's like, you're friends with the Kogi guy, right? And I said, yeah. He's he goes, my neighbor. He, I go, yeah, Roy. And he said... I mean, this is, by the way, this is one that Steve does not like this because he's like, Bert, it sounds really racist when you say this. He goes, well, we're at the truck. I'm with Vince Vaughn, and it's a fucking line. It's like six hours. He goes, what does he look like? I go, he's Korean. Steve's like, yeah, but describe him. I go, he looks like you, Steve, like fucking Korean. <laughs> but like, imagine if you were more hip hop. And he was like, what? I go, like, imagine. Erase, erase the white half of you. Yeah, I and go. that's what he looks like. He's more like you. More, he looks more like your mom than more like your, less like your dad. <laughs> And, and then the other part I said was, but he's more hip hop. And he goes, Bert. And he goes, oh, wait, never mind. I think I see him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. Oh, my God. Yeah, but th- I, I think I took, I took, I looked at race back when I was younger. I talked a lot more about race than I do now. Now, only because I just go, let me see if this looks good. Yeah, that's fine. Um, now, only because I feel like I've learned a lot more. So to come from that, I, and I say ignorant in, in the most benign way but like to be learning 
I've yeah, learned no, I've learned you, a lot more. So it's not your fault that Tampa doesn't have a Chinatown and booming full of Asians. Right. And, and a lot of people are like you. They don't know anything about Asians. And I thought I always felt like if you don't ask, then you're at, then you're then you're offering up the fact that you'd you'd be more comfortable staying ignorant than starting a conversation. Yeah. Like I don't think anyone like if, if you ask me I, and I can't imagine anyone's like this. But if you ask me anything about being white, I won't. I wouldn't take insult to any question you asked. All right. Why do people, white people, jump out of planes and risk their lives? I have. It's because no you take your life for granted, or fucking what? Clue. I think because I don't know. It's the same reason that you see white people these days, like my wife, getting fucking chickens. It's it's this weird thing, and I don't. And I'll just speak from my perspective, but I feel like. There is this weird thing that white people and hipsters and privileged are looking to find some sort of hardship to connect with with themselves. It must be growing tomatoes and and fucking like rock climbing. And they're looking for something. I I can't I can't figure it out because like Al Jack, you know, Al Jackson, Al Jackson has the funniest goddamn joke. I don't even know if it's a joke or he just said it to me. He was like, he was like, man, when I was born, there were, when I was growing up, there were three acceptable activities as a black man that I could do. I could play basketball, I could go to the club, and I could hang out. But he goes, I couldn't go kayaking. <laughs> and it was the funniest realization of, of just exactly, I don't know why white people predominantly are rock climbers and skydivers and bungee jumpers, and I don't know. It's because you are not risking your life by leaving your house every day, you know, like uh, uh, compared to a black guy who's unarmed and just going to visit his girlfriend. He risks getting shot by a police officer. Yeah. And so you have you guys just walk around life just so happy go lucky that you're like, let me add a little risk to this. Yeah. Let's shake it up a little bit. Make it more interesting. I don't know. I, I find that. Right, you could ask me anything about being white. I don't know. I would never find offense to it. I would never assume that you were trying to be mean. You know, yeah. I'd just be like, "Oh, she wants to know." Right, because we're open like that. That's open. That's comics. But, but though. some people, some people get offended when you're like, "Don't call me white," like as if you say it in a pejorative manner. Yeah, there are people in my kids' schools that if you if you said to them, like if you said, "So why do white people do this?" They'd be like. First of all, they'd be like, first of all, I'm one of the good ones. Like, it's just this weird. Or they'll correct you and, and they'll say, I'm German, I'm Irish, Italian, blah, blah, blah. Or people are so uptight about the term white. Like, white people are finding white racist. Well, it's the same thing I think we go back to is is that, I mean, I, I've, I've always felt like what happened with racism in general is that didn't really go anywhere technically it's just white people started denying it like i i believe that there's yeah. still racism out there I, I do i really genuinely do obviously obviously but i think now as opposed to i think white people just kind of fucking hide it in the closet and they don't bring it up and they oh no 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 i'm i'm really great i'm very progressive well, everybody's so paranoid about being called racist yeah oh it's it's it is it's 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 a game changer you, you that, shut down a white person's ability to communicate when you call them racist. You've basically said, I can't listen to anything you're about to say because everything you say is tinted by this one way that you were brought up. Yeah. It's, it is a game changer. When I was a kid, the term white person wasn't even spoken. 
I feel like that, like, because everybody was just white. Yeah. And so, yeah, people would point me out and say, oh, you know, that Asian girl or that Korean girl or, you know, the one, the Mexican guy, the Filipino girl, the Indian girl. But, like, nobody was ever like, oh, all the white girls are going to Girl Scouts, even though the white girls were all going to Girl Scouts. Yeah. But, like, nobody ever said that because they were just the minority. I mean, the majority. Yeah. And it just was the default. But now everything is becoming so diverse and there's more minorities everywhere. Minorities now can speak English. <laughs> well, that's got to be a big game changer. I mean, yeah. just the fact – I mean, I was saying to uh, this buddy of mine who we did a show together, Muhammad Walid, his dad came from Pakistan and had a speech impediment. So he spoke in, broken English in a speech impediment. Imagine just how how initially ostracizing that is to, in the 70s to move to a place like Irvine, Orange County, where it's all fucking white. You just – every part about you is an outsider, and you feel like that. I mean those kids that say like – like I mean I had I had a couple years, I'm sure. Nah, maybe I, did, I can't say that. But like kids that say I never felt like I was accepted at high school. I was a loner. I was an outsider. Imagine if – and that, that's by whatever – sometimes by choice, by music, by association. Imagine if you come to this country and English isn't your first language and you have a speech impediment and then you're like, fuck it. I don't feel like I'm accepted by the people that are all making all the money and all the – like how do I get ahead in this world? That's why we look at suburban white kids who get addicted to drugs as fucking pussies. Yeah. You know? We're just like, oh, really? Life is so hard. Your parents are so rich that you just – don't have anything to do but blow your life away doing coke? I, I I can't imagine. I think that maybe it goes back to that thing. Why do I people why do my why does my wife buy chickens? Maybe it's that thing to feel some sort of hardship to put it in perspective as the same way these, I think it's nice to have chickens. I don't think it creates a hardship. It's well it's it's like all of a sudden you just it's one of those things like growing your own tomatoes or growing your own kale or growing your own avocados or like like it's it's this like step back. I'm not saying it right, and I'm sure there's a guy who said it right in a in an article, but it's like a step back in history to like imagine the first person who realized, hold on, I don't have to have chickens to get eggs. Like I can just go get eggs. Oh, this is a fucking game changer. Like oh, yeah. I hated taking care of my goddamn chickens. Oh, this is fucking right, great. You're, you're kind of pressing rewind when you grow your own tomatoes and grow your own eggs. Yeah. But it's kind of nice because with all the technology and periscoping and internet and social media that you know we do, it's kind of nice that during your day, part of your day is going to the backyard and harvesting some eggs or tomatoes. Yeah, it's but, – but imagine those – imagine the first – I don't know why I'm sitting like this, but imagine the first people who realized – like the first generation that were like, hold on, I don't have to fucking have a garden anymore. You mean you can tell me I can do what I want. I can be a p- computer programmer or, a, or I can build tires or I can do something I want to do and then I can just go get tomatoes? How fucking great is that? I can go get tomatoes. The first supermarket where you're like, hold on, I can just get tomatoes and fucking – Well, people probably traded tomatoes. They're probably like, I have a bushel of t- potatoes. I'll trade for your tomatoes. I'm, s- I'm certain that happened. Like do you ever – Give eggs and trade well, oranges have, the, with people? These fucking chickens haven't even started making eggs, eggs yet. Oh, you just got them? No, we've had them for fucking three months. They don't make <laughs> eggs for like fucking three months. Why? Because so, they're fuck. Who knows? That's the reason. Like we've had these goddamn chickens for probably three months and they have not made eggs yet. Wow. Maybe even longer. We might have had them even longer. But we're, they should be making eggs any day now. And but You, can't you have a gay rooster. Batch. 
No, you don't have roosters. Then they make babies. Oh. So then they make chicks. So who do the chickens have sex with? They don't. They just make they make fucking blank eggs. They they make eggs are unfertilized eggs like your Holy eggs. Holy shit! Imagine if I could eat your eggs. Oh my god! Imagine if you could harvest your eggs and they were really tasty, and you put them on a plate. That's wonder, what they are. I wonder how big our eggs are. Oh, they got to be. Well, I mean, you figure. I mean, our sperms, you can't see them under a microscope, so they're probably mi- microscopic. But chicken eggs are so big. First of all, what a delicacy. If you could if you could go, if you could eat supermodel eggs, <laughs> and you'd be like, go to the restaurant, and it's like, it's, it's like 100 bucks. No, it would be like 20,000 bucks. You think? Yes, to get an egg out of your, a female, a human body. Well, you only like, make like one a month, right? Or two yeah, a month? Yeah, one a month. Or two, maybe, from both sides of the tube. Yeah, yeah, probably two. Yeah, but to be able to like get it out, it, that shit is expensive. Oh fuck yeah, it's expensive. I and didn't even pain- think about that. And painful. Yeah. Oh, that would be, that would be insane if you could, like, I guess it's cannibalism almost. Yeah. Although chicks will eat their own eggs. Really. Chickens will eat their own eggs, so you got to get it. That's why you take them away because they'll just eat their own fucking eggs. Yep. No wait, do you think you'll ever have kids? Well, no, I I would never wanted to have kids because I saw my mom be pregnant when she when I was a kid and she would just be in pain and she her belly just like got huge and it just looked so uncomfortable. She couldn't do anything and it just fucks with your body. It really fucks with your so body. So when I was 5, I was like this life fucking sucks. I'm like I'm born a girl. Oh, I hate this. <laughs> I need to have a baby. I was like flipping the fuck out when i was five really yes i was like i fucking hate this why can't i be born a boy and i was convinced that i i was in the wrong body really yes also because i could just feel that my parents gave so much more preferential treatment to my brothers than to me because a girl is just valueless she's a drain on your wallet because you'd have to crazy yeah you have to find somebody to take care of her when she grows older whereas a boy can have a job and pass on your family name it's just incredibly sexist yeah so i so like this is a weird question but if say if you you and your brother got into a fight which i'm sure you did growing up and he hit you would your dad be like no 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 you're allowed to hit women no i'm not saying that your dad hit you hit women but like in, in that kind of culture no my dad is the one who taught my brother how to hit women what by example he would he would hit us. He would hit my mom. And so parents are the ones who establish uh, an atmosphere of violence in the home. It's not like kids just are going to be violent yeah. just without having seen it. Yeah. And so it's like – and then my dad is the one who told my brother when they go to church, he's our dad. And so he gave the reins of power to him and then he would just hit us. Like, my dad told my brother to hit us, basically. Really? Yeah. That's fucking insane. Yeah, I know. And it's just like, I just had no protection growing up. Here are my fucking parents telling my own brother to hit me. And he, that was his cop training, and he's a cop now. (laughs) I'm surprised I haven't seen him in the news killing some unarmed black teenager. Like, I'm sure that day is coming. Every time I see these Asian cops on TV, I'm like, wait, is that him? (laughs) <laughs> Looks like him. Do how do you do? Do you, do you talk to your family much? I talk to my uh, little siblings. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Because I always, I always like, whenever my brother would beat them up, I would jump in the fight and protect them. Really? Yeah. So uh, that's insane. Now, what kind of effect does this have on, on, on your growth and getting into relationships when that kind of stuff went on in the house? Um, completely negative. I mean, I just have such low self-esteem because you think to yourself, if I'm not even worthy for my family to protect my basic physical well-being, I must not be worthy of anybody's love. That's so crazy. It's crazy. Do you think your self-esteem is what got you into comedy, low self-esteem? Yeah, for sure. Because Me too. I just needed the validation and I just needed to be loved. And I, when I'm on stage, I soak in the love from the laughter and sort of you can live off of that for fading 24 hours until <laughs> the next night comes. Yeah. But yeah. it it's it's horrible. I mean, but there are so many immigrants that come to this country and they continue living by the rules of their old country. Because in Korea, it's not it's not illegal to beat your wife or spanking your kids is just normal there. But like torturous shit. Yeah. Like Koreans when they hug, they don't even, they're not even affectionate. It's not even loving. Like they hit you on the back. Like a Korean hug is like Really? Yeah, you get fat. You get fat? <laughs> you know, like, oh, you eat too much, you know? Like, yeah. Like, it's just, it's constant criticism. The Asian cultures, I reject it because it's, you're constantly being criticized. And I just want to be praised. I just want to yeah. hear laughter. Now, have you connected with this? Like, uh, like, and I, not to say, I, I think I've heard you say this, so I'm not saying anyone that's listening is going like, Bert, really? Um, but you were a big fan of Margaret Cho's, right? Yeah, I love Margaret Cho, and she. You smoked I, pot with her outside in San Francisco, or oh no, 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 that's a, another guy who did a outdoor show with Margaret Cho. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I was stalking Margaret Cho when I was in San Fran last year. Yeah, and I'd never met her, and I, I, I was always talking to my sister about this. I was like telling my sister like we should make a documentary of us trying to meet Margaret Cho. And just, like, our path to, like, how we got there. Mm -hmm. You know, like, hey, I, I bet you're friends with her. Like, hook me up, right? Um, and then she tweeted out when I was in San Francisco that she's doing, like, this Robin, Robin, uh, when Robin Williams died. Mm -hmm. um, it was a hashtag be Robin. And she just performed, like, for homeless people in front of a shelter. And whatever money that people donated, she would give to the homeless people. And I thought that was just so great. And she just has such a big heart yeah. for the homeless community and she's just so giving and i went and i said something like like she was s sort of swarmed by people yeah um at the event like by press and everything so but that was my first time seeing her in person and i wanted to like say something to her and i said something to her in korean but i don't think she understood me cuz oh, okay. she just kind of looked at me and was like uh-huh <laughs> but i i always i, always, I always want to ask Doug Benson to like put us together on a duck getting dug with high oh, yeah. episode that would be great. That'd be fun, right? Yeah, I'm having her on my podcast in in a couple weeks. You are? I know, maybe a month. Oh, cool. But, uh, but yeah, I think she, I want to say she has uh, an album coming out or something. Oh, awesome. But uh, but she's someone that I, I looked at. There's a, a generation of comics that I really respected and I looked up to that are, do not do what I do and I don't do what they do. Mm -hmm. But I, but for some reason, like her, Janine Garofalo... Like that that generation, I love they what they do. I love it, and it's not what I do. Like it, they're yeah. very liberal, they're very open minded, they're very anti establishment. I'm I'm pretty. I might I might even go as far as say I'm pro establishment. <laughs> like, uh, 
Are you? Well, I mean, I, no, but I, I'm, I own a home. Yeah. I, I'm married with two kids. I lease my cars. I uh, well, the marriage I, establishment, big deal. No, I mean, it's just like, like they live out of the box, like definitely out of the box. Yeah. Um, no, you like know, she has. I do. I do like basic cable television. I'm, I'm cool with getting a job and doing it and not making a million dollars a year and working that like basic cable thing and then doing the funny bones and the improvs. Yeah. Like, I'm not a rock club comic who's doing stuff on Sundance and, and just IFC. You know what I mean? Right. So that's, so when I say pro establishment, I mean like I'm not above. They're more rock star. Yeah. They're more and rock you're star. you're more, I'm, it's okay. I'm more road but, comic, I think. Right. But, but it, it suits you and you're good at it. Well, it's who I am. It's what I would have liked, you know, like, I mean, I, I like those guys too, but like, I probably would never have, I really, honestly, if I was just a regular guy and and i i didn't become a comic because i was so ostracized in high school and that i was at the weird kid lunch i'm not saying margaret cho or janine were but i'm saying that that energy of that all alt vibe is the kids that had to f- were in the library um uh, were in the yearbook club and that's where they hung out and that's where they formed their sense of humor and they read comic books and they became comics because they were ostracized. I was never ostracized. You were you were well-loved, I'm sure, in high school. I was a regular fucking dude. I played varsity sports. I was all county. You're a jock. I was a jock. And I went to college, and I joined a fraternity, and I got You're hazed. You're a jock frat boy. And I hazed guys, and I, and I fucking... And if I had not gotten discovered by Rolling Stone magazine, I'd be selling pharmaceutical supplies, living in Orlando, maybe in Miami, maybe in Tampa, maybe in Atlanta, maybe. Well, thank God you're not. I know. But those are my friends. Those are my best friends is they're very regular people. You know, they're all really regular and they would never go to a rock club to watch a comedy show, you know? And so I probably can't imagine that I would have been much different. So I probably wouldn't have never. I guess I was kind of an outsider uh, in high school. I really? wasn't. Yeah, I. I mean, the jock. The jocks all knew me, and like the jocks and the cheerleaders. Actually, I had a home economics class, and my table at home ec was with jocks and cheerleaders. I was with the popular kids. Yeah. But I wasn't popular. You know, I was like nerdy. Like I was on a newspaper staff. I was in marching band, and all really? that. Really. Yeah. So they always thought it was funny because I Did was. Did you get hotter when you were older? Yeah, because I had like braces and buck teeth and glasses at the time, you know? So I was like this dorky Asian girl who had hand-me-down clothes that were baggy. I'd have clothes that fit or no new clothes at all. So, you know, I was a church girl. So I would sit at this table and they always thought it was so funny, like my naivete about like I didn't know anything about sex. Like they all had boyfriends and girlfriends and I'm this virgin who's saving myself for Jesus. And so, you know, one time the teacher was like, today we're going to make cookies so you could pick your own recipes. And, you know, the jock sitting at my table, he'd be like, he'd be like, tell tell her we want to make dildo cookies. And like, I knew, I kind of knew what a dildo was. I knew it was something bad or sexual or something. And I would raise my hand and be like, Mrs. Lanshoot, I want to make dildo cookies and like make the whole class laugh. Yeah. Because I would just become the butt of the joke. Oh, and I would crack them up. I knew I was saying something that I shouldn't be saying. And then, but then the teacher would take me aside and like feel bad for me, like as if the jocks were taking advantage of like yeah. little me. And, and she'd be like, you know, um, well, don't listen to John and Sarah, and they're just trying to make fun of you. But like, I didn't mind. I was like, oh, let me be a vessel. Yeah, that's to make it. the whole class laugh. Do you feel like that? Do you feel like, um, like, and I only say this because like, like. Uh, do you ever feel like, like I'm doing the roast battle tonight? 
Oh, you are? I'm not doing I think I'm judging it. I don't think I'm on it. I don't actually know what I'm doing, to be dead honest with you. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure you're judging it. I hope. I, but I know that people will make fun of me. And I have, I have, I'm the same way you are. I don't mind being the vessel for comedy. Right? You could be the butt of a joke, and I've, you're not going to get butt hurt. I'm more comfortable sometimes being the butt of a joke. Oh, my God. We do have that in common. No, there's no fucking accident that I watch a lot of the shit you do. Like, I love it because I feel the same way. Like, oh my god! Yeah, wow! Like I, I feel de- definitively the same way. Where I go, where I go. Oh, I am the butt of the joke more often than the then one you making. Are the make, making I'm the definitely joke. not the one making. But you're so objective. You can appreciate when somebody makes a good joke on you and starts laughing at you. You could join in on the laugh. Yeah, I'm trying to look for the email to tell you what I'm doing, but I don't know. I don't think I got it. Um. Yeah, but I like I I definitely. Uh, and I would never I, like for some reason when I make fun of people because uh, I'm such a nice guy or because whatever. But whenever I make fun of people, it really hurts. Like it, <gasps> like and so I'm I've never. It been, hurts the other people. Oh yeah. my god, me too. I hurt people's feelings all the time. Yeah, I go. I do that yeah. all the time. So like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So if I do, if I go like, uh, if I make a joke about. Like I only know that I, a long time ago I had a, a friend who was a ball buster, and then whenever I'd ball bust back, it it would like hit home, and then, uh-huh. you, and then because you're just everyone better, would laugh. Everyone, you're just better at busting balls than they are. Well, maybe I'm in that, and I'm that, and I'm also fairly insightful. So whatever I said, then it would turn into him calling me like a week later and being like, "Dude, why did you fucking say that?" And I'd be like, "Because we were Dude, all busting I balls." I know people. People email me and they're like, why were you such a dick to me at the party last night or something? Yeah. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? We were all just having a good time. I was just busting your balls. Yeah. And and it's funny because I naturally grew up busting balls in a fraternity. That was where I learned how to bust balls. And I'm really good on stage. If someone is fucking with me, I can, bust their I can balls. destroy that situation. But with other comics, I've always found that when I do those roast jokes... They come out and hurt their feelings. Wow. And and they're like, wow, is that you know, what you think of me? And you're like. And how does that make you feel when people I've, tell you that you, they, you've hurt their feelings? It makes feelings. me feel fucking powerless because I feel like I feel like like I'm trying to think of someone that is uh, that I can say their name. Cause, so it would be an example. But like I like I don't, I'm I wish I had a good example right now that I but that I but I like I remember one time someone telling me something on like before they got on stage and I wrote a joke about it. They went on stage, and it was uh, about a car that they had gotten, and and then I and then I made a joke about their car, and it got a huge laugh, and then I got off stage and they're like, "Hey man, what the fuck? You, why wouldn't you tell me that personally?" And I went, "What? I was." It's just like, a joke. We're comedians. And, that, Don't and you it's get so it? funny is that person introduced me as like the as like in a not very complimentary way, like and like and they hold it against this you. This guy. This guy, if he's not hammered right now, he'll be hammered in two minutes. And I was like, why would you say that to bring me on stage? And then, but, so I don't know. I've always, so I've always kind of bit my tongue when those, like when people make jokes about people, I've always bit my tongue because I was like, sometimes it it comes out too biting. Yes, me too. I have the same problem. Yeah. But you know, I just tweeted about this last night. I said, if I'm mean to you, don't cry. It just means, imagine if she could be that mean to me, imagine how mean she is to herself. Oh, we have – to my wife says to me that I have a very punitive response to myself. I'm very punitive. I punish myself until – Severely. 
hard fucking Because core. of our low self-esteem. Yeah. I mean, I am brutal to myself, yeah. especially if I do something that I, that, I, that I regret, like something I genuinely regret. Like, um, like the other night I ran into a friend and I just said something that maybe I shouldn't have said and I, I, sh- I, sh- I definitely shouldn't have said and I, really reg- and I was drunk. And I wasn't mean, but I was, it's just, it was like, I just made things uncomfortable and awkward mm-hmm. and I really liked that guy and I, and, but it sounded like maybe that I didn't like him or it, or that, and it was just, I just fucking felt stupid and I fucking, beat, I beat, beat myself, yourself up I beat over myself it. up over it. Do you it. go to therapy or yeah, have I'm you gone therapy. through? I just had therapy this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. How is that? Uh, it's great. It I helps, love it. right? I love it because it helps me identify shit like helps me identify shit that I don't like about myself and notice when I'm doing it and stop doing it. Yeah. Like, uh, and it, and it just sets up avenues to try to do better stuff. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like, like being punitive. I'm very punitive with myself. How do you know when you have a good therapist? Um, I don't know. I think if they, I think if you, you feel good about if you like talking to them, I don't know. <laughs> You know, I've always wondered that. I've had two therapists and I liked both of them. Um, but then my second one would start talking shit about the first one. Be like, oh, you were in therapy way too long. It shouldn't take you this long. And I'm like, well, but sometimes it's nice to just be able to vent. Yeah. You know, like you have a problem and you have an issue. It's like, I don't know. Like, how long have you been in therapy? Um, uh, since, since before I started birth conquer. So I was in therapy during birth conquer only because, um, I was one of the biggest problems I was having was, um, this is, I mean, this is probably sizzled down way too much, but I was having, um, I was having epiphanous moments uh, too often. I was having uh, emotional epiphanies uh, twice a day, like two, sometimes three times a day. Um, doing my show Trip Flip and then doing Birth Conqueror, I was doing things like well, there was a day I think where I where I um, jumped off a stadium, rappelled off a mountain, and then swam with a great white shark. <gasps> three bucket list adventures where you, where maybe you should do one of those and then sit with it for a day and be like, that was fucking crazy. But, but the I would TV do show it. wanted you to do all three in one day. Well, just it's production. It's they're not. They're, yeah. It's not like they're dicks. There's production. It's like we want to do as much as possible while we're in Africa. So let's go. Like I drink goat's blood with a Maasai chief and then spend the night in a fucking hut on the Serengeti and then see wow. lions in the morning. And what was happening is I was having these cognitive. Uh, emotional epiphanies but never having cognitive epiphanies and a lot of that and by the way i don't speak for any of this like if i'm saying the wrong thing or if you're dealing with this and i'm wrong i apologize 100 but like a lot of that is what brings about ptsd is like is these poor young guys are going in not poor but i feel bad for them because they're going in to war-torn areas blowing up literally risking their lives day in and day out coming home and you have all these emotions that flood you all these emotions about life and 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 what is life and then coming back and then being have to do it the next day and then coming back to life and you just go to the store and you're like what the fuck man like i like i i'd go to the store and i would just be like I just feel like well, your endorphins are just like my serotonin on, is through the it, fucking roof. Fucking like who reaches those levels ever? And uh, and and 
my it had just caught up with me because I was my fourth year doing trip flip, and I had been doing this, living this lavish, amazing, eccentric, uh, bucket list life for six months out of the year, and I did, and and then I, and then I'd go tour to sold out clubs and be like the stand up and and do podcasts with famous people, and then and then what was happening is when I'd come home, I I was what was we called it reentry. It's like I. I was just I fucking wasn't ready for to sit down. And you were like, why? To, why are my why is my wife and kids not treating me like I'm the rock star that I am? Or why? Yeah. Or why do I have to listen to a story about soccer practice? Like, <laughs> like I'm not. No offense, but I fucking so drank goat's you, blood with a Maasai chief two days ago and got in a helicopter and ba- bang banged out of there. Swam with great sharks, great white sharks. Repelled off Table Mountain. A uh, fucking bungee jumped and the rope swing and like I've done it all and then you want to talk about fucking softball practice but it's better than the alternative what if you came back here to a one bedroom apartment and you're all alone and you have no oh that that would be even more depressed oh that's why my wife is a fucking lifesaver because I and then what would happen is like I I would just I'd have an emotional spin out on in a on the road like where I'd be like like I, 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 I just had one this morning oddly enough and I talked to my therapist about it but uh like when you when your schedule just lines up so that you're gone for like a month and then you're like, well, the one fucking day I could have been home and my wife's like, no, you're done. I'm going to get you in therapy you're, and just talk about whatever you're feeling. And I told the guy, I was like, he was like the very first day, he was like, so I go, so I, this is, and this is like, he goes, what do you know? What do I, uh, I said, what do you know about me? And he goes, what? Like, that's not how you start therapy. Like, what do you know about me? He said that? I said that to him. Oh, you said I that? I said, what do you know about me? Because there's a lot you should know about me before we start. Yeah. And he was like. I could see it. I'm like, okay. I was like, in 1997, Rolling Stone magazine discovered me, called me the number one party animal in the country. I moved to New York within six months. Will Smith discovered me, and I got my first TV show. Um, my second TV show, I did that for a year and a half. My second TV show, I got mauled by a bull. I was an MMA fighter. I was a stunt pilot. I tamed lions. And then I've kind of cornered that market, and I, now I travel around the world doing bucket list. Like, I literally gave him like this whole spiel about me that I'd give anyone doing radio, and he was literally like, uh, okay, let me process this. He's like, damn, I should have Googled you before <laughs> taking this appointment. I mean, I went through a list. Like, I got involved with the Russian mafia when I was 22 and we robbed a train. I fucking, like, and he was just like, holy fuck. And so, and then, and then he realized, I think, and then, but what's even funnier is that he, he was then talking about this, uh, these cognitive epiphanies, but then he realized I have a very low threshold for an epiphany. So, like, like I have a pivotous moments like very easily. <laughs> so maybe I have a low threshold for what I consider an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe you do. Maybe it's just like that feeling when I, I know this is a comics joke, but when you clean your ears, no, I just heard this guy whose joke is it? Oh, it's Rick Tempesta's. When you cl- clean your ears with Q-tips and you get that spot, you're like, huh. And it's orgasmic. It's almost. orgasmic, yeah. Yeah. Maybe you do have a low threshold for orgasm. No, no, no. I, I don't. I, I just, I just come a lot. <laughs> I'm I, not a player. I just come a lot. You know, I don't work out. I don't have to. Really? Because I, like, masturbating is like my cardio. <laughs> <laughs> so, how much longer are you in LA for? Today, I'm taking the red eye to, tonight. Oh, back to Miami. Yeah. Nice. In the seven seven seven. Yeah. You, fought, you ever played triple seven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite flight. Back those and are forth. nice. All oh, those are the best. When best you, chance to get upgraded too. Yeah, when you have those lay down seats. You know what you got to check for some of those flights. Check when you book it. But if it says um, first only, 
That means that the business class you can buy for coach fares, and they just don't offer the service. Oh. Always check on those triple sevens. But you don't you don't get food. You don't get but food. But you sit in the first class. But you get class. to sleep in that bed. What? So so sometimes they won't offer. A lot of times the the one you'll catch is Miami to um, Dallas. Okay. Is is a shorter leg flight where you get in the plane? You're like, oh, the reason is. They technically say you're paying for the service. I would easily drop the service and just pay the fare and get the seat because I don't need the fucking service. I could bring my own food. No shit. Like, but that's what you're paying for is the service. So a lot of those times, check whenever you book and see if it offers first end business. Uh huh. Because sometimes they'll just offer for, offer first because they're understaffed, or the or the or because of the turnarounds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So always check that. That's the best thing. Nice. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever move back to New York or back to out to LA? Um. Yeah. You know what? Every time I come out here, I make new friends and I see old ones, and I have so much fun when I come out here. And I'm always high. I'm high all day, all week. Did you get high this morning? Um. You know what? I ran out. Oh, really? But I vaped a little bit. Okay. So yes, but it barely does anything. Oh yeah, I you know hear you. yeah, yeah. Well, no, you talk about PTSD. I yeah. actually brought up PTSD on my on getting dug with high when Whitney Cummings was on. I didn't see the whole thing. And I gotta uh, say that Whitney Cummings took the best hits of marijuana that I've ever seen on the show. <laughs> she was she was literally smoking pot like so many times on the show. Yeah, and I think a lot of people do it because they know they're gonna smoke a lot. Like you take good bull hits, but man, only because. You and Doug started first, and then she went second, and she was like, she took some Michael Phelps-sized bong She hits. did, didn't she? I was like- She got fucked up. She did get fucked up. Yeah. But what were you saying about PTSD? Well, I brought up PTSD, and in the comments for that video, that's like the number one comment. Like People click like on it, and, and some people are like, oh, she's probably joking about PTSD. You know, People assume that because we're comedians that everything we say is a joke. Yeah. And- I'm just like, no, I can speak seriously about shit, too. Just because she made fun of me for having PTSD doesn't mean I don't have it. Yeah. What did you get to PTSD from? Um, Just getting beat up as a kid. Yeah. You know, constantly. Is a, I grew up in a war zone. Con- like, there were, like, plates being thrown and there were holes all over our walls. And, like, yeah. my parents would, like, hang a picture frame over any hole that was created during a fight. But there was, like, holes everywhere. So you have all these, like, weird picture frames that aren't organized. Yeah. It's just a fucking mess. Yeah, and it's and it's and and then I think that people realize like there's there's varying differences of PTSD. Like just because you say you have PTSD doesn't mean that you've got the same thing that a guy that got blown up in Iraq has. Well, but but that was one of the points uh, on the comments. I thought was really interesting because people were like people like they were like thanking me for bringing it up. Really? Yeah, because people have PTSD from growing up in an abusive situation. You oh, don't, people you don't have PTSD to go to from, yeah. war for two years to have PTSD. Guess yeah. what? I grew up in a fucking violent home for 17 years. Like, it probably has more damaging effects than yeah. fighting with in a war for only two years. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't I mean, imagine. I've never seen any. I've never seen anybody get killed or anything, and, but, but fuck, it was, it was brutal. Well, those, those abusive families were, that's your reality. I mean, I, I listened to Le, um, Lavernius Coles talk about it. He grew up in a very, I think it was his uh, stepfather was sexually violent. I think he, he talked about it on Oprah, mm-hmm. but he's like, that fucks you up 
forever. Like you, you don't get rid of that. It's yeah. hard to get rid of. You it gotta is go so to hard to get rid of. And you know, I'll get startled just out of nowhere. It'll just come back to me or, you know, I don't really like hugging people. Really? You know, and, and yeah, sometimes when I go back to these comedy clubs and I haven't seen people, people love hugging. And it's just like sometimes I like carrying something big so people don't hug me. Really? Yeah, because hugging can be painful. I mean, I'm, I sound like a little baby saying this, but it's just it's just when you when the only physical contact you had as a child was getting hit, then you got to be careful how hard you hug people. That's interesting. Yeah. So what, like, when was the last time you got, you you were hit? The last time I was hit? Um, probably, you know, when I was 16 or something. I mean, I got to be honest with you. When I got hit in college in a fight, but like, I don't think I'd, I don't think that I've been hit all that much in my life. Mm-hmm. I think if I had been hit, I think it would fucking sit on me really heavy. Yeah, it does sit on me heavy. You know, it's 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 hard. It sucks dealing with it, you know? Like it's like who wants to be hit, you know? Fucking yeah. it hurts physically and then add on to it the emotional pain of like here's somebody in my life who's supposed to love me and they're hitting me. It's just fucking confusing and as a child and all these like self-help books that I've read and this, you know, the therapy I've been through now it makes sense to me because I've been through therapy and I should probably continue going to therapy, but children, when they're being abused, they internalize it because they, they look at their parents as, you know, superheroes. And they, you think as a child, you just are so naive and you're just so, you don't know any better. So you look at your parents, like they must be almighty. Why would they do anything wrong? So if they're doing something wrong to you, you must be bad. And you internalize it. You know, I heard your story about you got hit in the face and your teeth got knocked out. Yeah. Your dad, like, didn't even bring you to the hospital. He thought you were fine, which now is, like, people would be horrified if they found out that happened to somebody's kid. Yeah, where did I say that? On, I think it was on Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, my dad, my dad about, made me. I, yeah, I, I, right. I said that the other day on stage randomly. I said, yeah, my, I got my teeth knocked out on my 11th birthday, and my dad made me finish the inning. He put me a shortstop. Yeah. Didn't take me out of the game. And then my mom. And he, took looked, the... he looked at it like my fucking kids being so annoying with his teeth. Meanwhile, you should have been brought to the hospital in an immediately, ambulance. Immediately, I should have been taken out of the game. Yeah. I remember my dad. I remember being like, are you fucking kidding me? I remember. I remember the first. I remember. I only remember being spanked. I was spanked a number of times. But I only remember one time vividly. Like vividly. Because what it was for me. I don't remember the pain. I remember the event that it caused it, but I remember the humiliation, mm-hmm. like the humiliation. Like it, it almost stings more. You know, it's like uh, I watched, um, I watched, I watched uh, Traffic with um, Michael Douglas and mm-hmm. and Benicio del Toro, and it's a drug movie. And there's a moment where Benicio del Toro and his partner get taken out to the desert by these narcos and they're forced to dig their own graves and they're going to be killed. That, I think that is what I, I know this is not, there's, you can't correlate the two, but I remember being spanked on my sister's, it was like my sister's fourth birthday. And I remember being spanked in the, in the, uh, in the garage 
And like I got taken out of the party because my uh, my sister went to blow her candles out and I just slammed her head in the cake. And I thought I, I thought I thought it was so funny that my dad was going to congratulate me in the garage. <laughs> I didn't realize that he was about to spank me. <laughs> but I remember I remember going out of the garage and oh turning around God. and him standing there. And then and it was almost like being walked to your own death. Like yeah. I, and the only reason I say that is like when I watched this scene, I went I, the whole time and be like, no, don't. I remember saying to my dad, don't do this. You don't have to do this. Like, like almost like a guy begging for his life. Like, hey, I'll stop. I promise I'll stop. You don't have to hit me. And my dad's like, buddy, you just slammed your sister's face in the cake. You're getting a spanking. And I was like, I remember being like, but just tell everyone you spanked me. I, I, I understand it. Like, I understand you tried cognitively. tried to negotiate with him? I remember being like, yeah, and I'm sure I didn't say it this eloquently, but I remember being like, I understand cognitively what I've done wrong. Trust me, it's 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 heavy on my heart. Like, I fucked up. I get it. I feel guilty. Mm-hmm. I want to change myself. I don't like who I am right now. Like I wouldn't say all that to him. And I, I you know, and to be dead honest with you, with you, and I, and I'd have to ask my dad about this. I don't even know if he spanked me. Like I don't. All I remember is he walked me into that thing and told me to pull my pants down, and I was humiliated. I was like, that was enough. Whew. I, I'm, I'm sure I got spanked because it's not. He like, just wanted to check on your dick growth. <laughs> Probably not. But how old were you? I was probably first grade, six, probably yeah, six. Yeah, for sure. He just wanted to make sure your dick was okay. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, he was hitting me. He was gonna hit me. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember if he hit me. I don't remember if he spanked me or not. Like I really, honestly, don't remember if he spanked me. Only because all I remember about that moment is is walking out the garage door. There was a car. In, there were two cars in the garage, and so it was that little tiny space where you walk by, just enough room to open a door and slide into a car, and turning around. And seeing him standing at the door, closing the door, and saying, pull your pants down. And I remember going like, oh, fuck. Like, everything will pale in, hail, hail in comparison to this fucking moment and these feelings. This is worse than getting hit. It's humiliation. It's the shame. It's that yeah. feeling like shit. Like, it's not just bad that you hit me, but you're going to humiliate me too. That's why I don't hit my kids. Oh, thank God you don't hit your kids. Oh, I never hit my kids. I know. And that's an exercise that one of my therapists said to do. You, like, find a kid who looks kind of like you and, like, imagine you being that kid. And can you imagine, like, how could anybody hurt this kid? Yeah. You know, they're so cute and so helpless and so little. You know? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't, you know, I don't think, I've, I, like, I've, this podcast has really changed me exponentially i i don't think i took it very seriously my first two years mm-hmm. my first year I, I just how long have you been doing it i've been doing it probably two years now that's awesome and i i had I, i've had moments where it's changed it's uh it's changed and morphed and into different things and there have been really fun ones, and it's and I guess it's not ever the same. But man, lately I've been hitting this stride where I've been getting into really great conversations with really interesting people, like really great conversations. And I don't think it's I don't think it's me. I just think it's like the energy of where we are as comedians these days, mm-hmm. the honesty that we're bringing to the stage, and what we're talking about. Do you talk about getting spanked on stage? Um, I talk about. I have one joke about my dad hitting my mom. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What's the joke? Um, I say, you know, my dad. My dad hit my mom growing up, and some people laugh at that part. Yeah. And I'm always like, 
that's not the funny part, you assholes. <laughs> and uh, I said, then, then I was telling my friend, I said, he stopped hitting my mom. And my friend said, what, did he become Americanized? I said, no, she got a gun. <laughs> She's Americanized. <laughs> Is she, did she get a gun? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, Yoshi wrote that joke for me. Oh, really? Yeah. How, now, how long have you known Yoshi? Um, I met him last year. Oh, really? Yeah, but when I met him, we did a show together, and he'd heard of me. I'd heard of him over the past 10 years, and we never fucking met. And really? Now, yeah, and I'm just like... Because he's, he's not like Bobby Lee. Bobby Lee got all offended that I was making fun of Asian guys. Yeah. He's like, I could care less. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's a Japanese guy, but he's like, by, by these Asian guys getting mad at you, they are admitting, they're giving you power. If they truly are the sexist pieces of shit that they are, yeah. they wouldn't even care what a woman was saying. Yoshi's an interesting guy because he, he talks about shame a lot, too. Yeah. He he really is a an, an really fascinating guy. Yeah. And like his life experiences, he was a definitive outsider. Didn't he grow up in Korea? He grew Japanese. up in J- Japan. Oh, he's Korean, grew up in Japanese, Japan. Yeah. Right? Is that it? Yeah, cuz he's like has a Japanese name, but he's kind of Korean. He's, no, he is Korean. He says he's Korean. He's part I think he's part Korean. Or maybe or- that's just what he tells me. Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. I feel like I've totally <laughs> monopolized. We're, we'll do this as a swap cast. So I will send you the audio file of this and you can post it as your podcast too. Okay. Is there any other stuff that you do on your podcast? I've basically, I've had one of the coolest conversations I've ever had just talking about this shit. No way. Oh, I fucking oh love it. Oh my God, it. thank you so much for no. having me on. But is there anything else that you do on your podcast that... that... I start every conversation about poo. Yeah. So we did that. Yeah. And, um, and no, that's it. I mean... I plug you, so... Well, let's plug both of let's ourselves. Let's plug you. Um, I am obsessed with vlogs right now, so I am posting a weekly vlog along with my weekly podcast. My podcast wow. comes out on Wednesdays. My vlog comes out Mondays. So I shoot it myself. I edit it myself. I post it myself. It's just kind of How like... How long a, are they? Nine minutes. No, more, no, no longer than nine minutes. And usually you, around seven. Do you tape like more and edit it down to nine? Yeah. I tape, I tape probably about an hour 20. You tape yourself talking into the camera for an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, but doing stuff. So, like, I'll take it on the road with me. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll whip it out at the end of this because I'll, I'll shoot us walking out. And then, that'll, and then I'll use the video of us starting. Like, I'll, I'll probably use – in this vlog, I'll use Leanne interviewing you because I thought that was really funny. I thought that was oh, okay. really funny. And so I'll probably plug that into the vlog. Um, and those, I put those on my YouTube channel. I'm obsessed with my YouTube channel right now. I'm obsessed with YouTube. Uh, it's where I it's where I find myself watching all of my shit. So then I started saying, well, why am I not putting stuff on YouTube? You watch your own shit on no, YouTube. I, no, I watch everything on YouTube. I watch Getting oh. Dug with High. I oh, watch. I know, right? Uh, I watch old Opie YouTube. and Anthony stuff. I watch old Opie stuff. Opie and Jim stuff. I watch stand up. I watch old Patrice clip, clips. I watch everything on YouTube. So I started making content to put on YouTube. I opened a YouTube channel, too. Uh, my daughter, Isla, is opening one today. Wow. She said, because uh, I did this Montreal Northwest uh, Festival this last weekend, and Miranda Sings was there. And Georgia, my daughter, loved Miranda Sings. And Isla was like, I, one day I'd like to have like my own YouTube channel. And I was like, Isla... You can do that now. Like, what do you want to do? She goes, I have a character named Gregory that I do. Oh, my God. And she's I was like, so awesome. So she's going to do this character, Gregory. We're going to film it. We'll put it on a YouTube. I'll edit it for her. We'll put it on a YouTube channel. Keep it private just so she can show her friends. 
That's so cute. Do you ever put her in your videos? No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I talk about her on stage a lot, though. Like, yeah. almost too much right now. And so you can find my YouTube channel, my Twitter, my my everything uh, at BertBertBert.com, B-E-R-T, B-E-R-T, B-E-R-T. I'm taping my hour special for Showtime April 1st at the Irvine Improv. So if you'd like to come see that, you can get tickets cheap right now using the promo code BERT, I think. Uh, I think it's Bert, and you can and come out to see that, and that's really it. Uh, my travel channel show starts up uh, starts airing in June, and Bert uh, the Conqueror, Bert the Conqueror on Travel Channel, and I'll, and I'll tell you right now, if we do anything in LA, I'll bring you out to go bungee jumping or skydiving or anything in a heartbeat. No, I don't want to go skydiving. That's I will too reach scary. out. I will reach out. I try to get maybe Doug Benson. Bungee, maybe bungee jumping. What about roller coasters? Um, yeah, I've done roller coasters. I could do a roller coaster. No, but... we're going to get you out of your comfort zone. I promise. We'll go swimming with sharks out in Catalina. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you know what? I'll get you, I'll get you in Miami because we'll do something in Miami. I'll, I'll, but you've got to go to Monkey Kingdom. I speak Spanish. If we, if we, do you, go, really? you go to like a, uh, you know, like good Spanish? A Cuba or something. You know you, what I mean? Do you speak good Spanish? Yeah, I can I can speak I can, I can conversate in the in the Espanol. Nice. And then and my podcast is Bertcast where I'm releasing this as well. We'll release it on the same day so that we can, you know, so that or uh, whatever, it doesn't matter to me. Okay. What, and what and where can everyone find you? Um you could find me on Twitter at Esther Kuku, K U K U, uh, I Periscope, same name, Instagram. I love same your name. Periscope. Um, oh my God, thanks. And uh, and my podcast is called Coup and the Gang. Coup and the Gang. Yes. Nice. Coup and the Gang. It's on iTunes and Stitcher. Do you try to bang out a lot of them when you come out to New York and LA? Yeah, yeah. I just had Anthony Cumia on last week. Oh, I bet that's good. When would you, what did you guys talk about? Um, we talked about his him going to jail. <laughs> Are you serious? You don't know? No, I know, but I didn't know. Oh. I haven't heard him talk about it. Oh, I mean, just a little bit. Oh, I got to listen to this. Anthony yeah. Kumi on Coo and the Gang? Anthony Kumi on Coo and the Gang. Fucking perfect. Esther, I really appreciate you doing this. No, thank you so much. This, this has is... been a fucking blast. Yeah, this has been great. And it's like we have the fucking laugh. If I could just have we orgasms have... in 20 seconds, <laughs> that would be the next fucking well, step. Well, you're handicapped. You're, you're a guy. <laughs> so uh, everyone, tune into her podcast to listen to her orgasm at the end. At the end of every one, do you do it? Yeah. I, every every week I add another one, so I'm up to like 20 right now. So you have 20 at the end. There's 20 orgasms. Yeah. Then next week I'll have 21. Then you know I'm gonna go to like 300. I'm subscribing right now. <laughs> I'm oh subscribing god. right fucking now. <laughs> oh my god. Jimmy Kimmel's hosting the Emmys. Oh my god. Whoa. Oh, just breaking news. My phone just. I just saw Chris Rock at the store last night practice his Oscar material. How was it? Was it, it good? Was great. I yeah. heard. His, I heard. I heard some of it in like on like NPR. One of the things he was talking about, and it was. It sounds fucking. Dude, he's he's a legend. Yeah. He's the fucking best. I mean, he's. It was cool because I saw him. He was just taking his time. He didn't seem rushed. You know. What one I mean? of the things that's impressive about him that I think I'm downloading. Uh, Let's see. Go to the podcast. Subscribe. Rate. Review. Guys, that's so important. Write a review. Uh, you ready? I'm going to write my review right now. Uh, i got to fucking put my password in. But do this right now. See, do exactly what I'm doing. Go on your phone. Go to the podcast app. Hit subscribe. Then go to that middle, middle tab. Yeah. Hit review. And then hit five stars. And then coo rocks. Ku and the gang and Bertcast. Thank you so much. I came here for the orgasms, but stuck around for the conversation. Amazing podcast. 
Love, Esther Koo. Oh, my God. Bert, you are the best. So that's it, guys. Rate, review, and subscribe. Do it to Esther Koo's. Do it to mine. And it really makes a difference. So there we go. That's And you can see my review, and you guys can comment on my review. Send my review is posted. All right. That's it, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And what happened to your pinky, by the way? Thank you so much, Bert, for having me on your podcast. This was two hours of therapy for me. I don't know about you guys, but oh my God. After listening to this episode, I just bawled my eyes out. I wanted to cry at Bert's house, but I didn't want to cry at Bert's house. So um, thank you, Bert, for having me. This was, you are the best therapist that I've had. Um, just having his reactions of like, wow, that's crazy. When I was telling those stories about how Asian girls get the shit under the stick and everything, it just helped to reinforce the idea that yes, the shit that I went through was abusive and it was wrong and it shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened. Um, so God, this episode was just so therapeutic for me. I think it helps to sort of um, cleanse yourself. Thank you so much. Bert is such a sweet guy. Isn't he so nice? Oh, my God. Bert Kreischer is so nice. I love him. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> Bert has a low threshold for uh, epiphanous moments. <laughs> what if I have a low threshold for orgasm? <laughs> <laughs>